Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brandishing scissors. And of course, that became a controversial statement. How can you, how can you humanize a Palestinian? Or you had Major General Yair, uh, Yair Golan make these comments that were seen as comparing modern Israel to 1930s Germany, which obviously, you know, upset a lot of people in Netanyahu, and it became a big political thing. So the military has been more and more, at least seen to be, a, a sort of push back, pushing back against this far-right turn in Israeli politics. So the politicians are so they're back trying the military. not to be extremists. If I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that the military is rejecting an extremist role, and they are looking for something like a more humane military. Is that? Is that? Oh, that seems to be at least something that's in the air right now, and it makes mm-hmm. sense because if you're in the military and you're commanding these people and you're you're on the front line fighting these fights for the politicians, maybe you don't. Maybe you see that fight from a very different perspective than someone sitting in a comfortable chair. And, of course, who gets the immediate backlash from these is it's the military. So, of course, the military is looking out for its own interests. But that does make it a certain a, a sort of moderating influence. And although it's always had this element to it, I think it's more perceptible the further to the right that the politicians shift. So it's an interesting development. Um, and I've got a few links there in the, the forecaster article for people who are interested in reading more about that. All right, James, thanks very much. Always appreciate having you on the program. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, Good luck with your newborn son and your little daughter. She didn't cry at all during the program. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She must be comforted by the sound of your voice. I'm Alfred Addis, ladies and gentlemen. This is James Corbett, my guest, and we we will be back in a week. And uh, in the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody Cedarstrom. Frank, the producer, and James Corbett. Good night. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me.
unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316 316- American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Oh. 
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, June 3rd, 2016, and it is about seven minutes after noon Pacific time. So if that is when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. And uh, I think we'll hold off on calls to the second uh, second half, if then, but... And, of course, the chat room is at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, and you can log into there. You'll see the chat link over on the left-hand side. You just click it, pick a name, pick a password. You're in there. You can ask questions, make comments, or just socialize if you'd like. Yahoo Instant Messenger appears to be working today. So, my screen name is AVRN Talk. If you'd like to directly message me with something you don't want in the chat room and you don't want to call in about, there you have it. All the other information you need about this network is located on our website, including email and all that good stuff. All right, well, as I said, today is Friday, and I had announced that I have a guest today. And what we're going to be talking about is the movie... Amerageddon. Okay, that's that's kind of catchy. And I watched the trailer, and it it looks to me like something I want to see. And it looks to me like something that is, if you're not into the whole uh, patriot, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, let's say, if you're not, as we like to say, awake, and you watch this, you're either going to get very concerned, or you're just going to go, ah, how more are those nutcases over there, and there you go, but you know what, there's a lot less of that going on uh, these days than there ever has been, as long as I've been in this, a little over 20 years, and uh, people aren't pointing and laughing so much anymore as they are, you know, and they're not jumping up and saying, "Eh, rah, rah, let's follow you either. But, I mean, they, they're at least nodding their head going, hmm, you know, you might be on to something there. You, you know, you, you could be right, uh, sort of sort of thing going on. But, anyway, enough of that. We'll bring our guest on, who is Mike Norris. Welcome, Mike. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, Mike, you know I like to let the uh, I like to let the guests tell the audience who they are and what they're doing and why why are you why are you a guest on here? I mean, what you know? So what do you do and all that? Uh, well, wow. Uh, I'll try to boil that down to a real quick couple sentences. Uh, you know, name's Mike Norris. I directed a movie called Marigold that um, deals with some very um, I don't want to say controversial issues, but um, some people have decided to make this a controversial film, Amerigeddon. But it was our intent very early on uh, in creating this film that we wanted to do something that was going to possibly try to uh, inform, educate, and entertain an audience that may never um, have an opportunity of, of seeing something like this. And and really what it is, is uh, we uh, created our, the film Amerigen to kind of expose uh, what we feel is one of the greatest threats facing our country, and that's an uh, EMP strike. Um, and, and that's what our film Amerigen is about, is an EMP strike that hits, and that brings in the United Nations, which uh, brings in martial law, and then they want to take our guns. And within the context of our film, uh, we don't let that happen. We stand up and fight. And um, so it, it's interesting because it's very timely for us. We started this project two years ago. And for me personally, I wasn't as um, – I was more apathetic to what was going on in the world. I knew things were happening, but I was busy. I was making movies. I was raising a family. And it wasn't until Amerigeddon that – um, after finishing the project and doing my research, that there's a, a lot of crazy things happening in this country, and uh, I encourage people to wake up and do some research and and, and find out for themselves what what's happening. Well, it's funny how that happens. Uh, you know, people get into projects and they get into things, you know, for real. Well, let me let me do this to let people know, or let me do this to make some money, or let me do this for whatever reason they do it, and they end up being the one probably more educated than anyone is going to be, you know, out of the whole thing. Uh, And and, uh, to be honest with you, I was very, uh, I wasn't reluctant to make the film because my partner, Gary Haven, this was, we'd made other films before, and I kind of come from the faith-based genre. After I was uh, a director on Walker, Texas Ranger, my father's TV show, um, I wanted to do something that fulfilled me, and that was making faith-based movies. Um, but my partner, Gary Haven, it was very important to him uh, because he knows um, he's very political. He, um, he understands what's happening in our country far greater than I knew. Um, so, the, you know, I just didn't want to uh, – I couldn't put my name on something that I didn't believe in. And it was through research and education and educating myself on what was going on that, you know, I, I'm now to a point, I'm not even close to being an expert, but it, it's part of my daily study is find out what's going on, find out how I can protect my family. Well, yeah, that's the, uh, that, that's the main message that I have uh, gravitated to over the last, I don't know, five years or so of doing this, where I was usually before that mainly focusing on just 
you know, hey, here's what's going on. Hey, here's what's wrong. Hey, here's this and here's that. And, and then people started, listeners started to call in and say, well, that's, that's great, but, you know, what do we do? And I started to think about that, and, you know, people criticized about, well, you don't ever have any solutions. And I was thinking, you know, I sat there and I thought, gosh, what are the solutions? Are there any solutions? You know, and and the, and the, really the solution, you just got to be prepared because, you know, things are going to happen. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and you've got to try to be prepared. And, you know, we can try to do the right thing and, and slow things down or stop things or turn the ship around or whatever, but you got to have a plan B, and plan B's got to be to survive. And from what I saw the trailer, it looks really well done, you know, uh, top quality, and some of the scenes were uh, almost a little too real. Yeah, very real, because, you know, in reality, two years ago when, when we started, you know, yeah, North Korea was acting a fool, but, boy, they are just rubbing it in our face now, uh, threatening us on a daily basis. And one thing I found out is twice a day a North Korean satellite crosses over the United States of America. And there's uh, Dr. Peter Pry, who is one of the foremost experts on EMP with Homeland Security, um, gave us this information, and we were thinking, what do we do? What, what can we do? Well, his solution was to shoot the thing down. But, but you're 100% right. It, it's really... What what do we do if not, it doesn't have to be an EMP? It could be a cyber attack. It could be a solar flare. It could be a number of things. But if our power grid does go down, we are in for a world of hurt. And it's a very scary proposition. It is a very scary because a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to die. That's just there's a lot of people that depend on medicine, that depend on a lot of things that uh, have to do with the you know, with having power. And so that that was really important that we just kind of got that message out there that, you know, the average American only has three days of food at their home. You know, and for a minimal investment, you could go out and get uh, a 50-pound bag of rice, a 50-pound bag of beans, have some water, you know, just to get over the hump mm-hmm. of, of whatever chaos may ensue. That's true. And, uh, you know, I... <laughs> It's it's funny you mentioned beans and rice because that's one of my my I'm sure the listeners probably get tired of hearing it but that's too bad because repetition is you know one way of learning and that's the whole thing this isn't this isn't entertainment when I mention beans and rice this is you know yeah okay boring fine but beans and rice will keep you alive and it is inexpensive because a lot of people find themselves now with the economy and the mess that it's in. Things are difficult. You know, people would like to just go online and say, oh, look, look at all this, just great, this dehydrated, uh, freeze-dried food. You know, send me $10,000 worth of that. But, oh, I don't have $10,000, so, you know, what am oh, I guess I'm just dead. Well, no, you know, you're not just dead because, you know, a bag of, a 20-pound bag of rice at my grocery store is about 10 bucks. A 20-pound bag of beans is about 12 bucks, you know. So, I mean, you know, you, you got to look at that, and that's 40 pounds of food right there. That will last 
a little bit of time. That will keep you going for a little while. And, you know, it's not uh, undoable. It's not impossible. It's not too late. You know, it's like they say, it's not too late till the fat lady sings. And she's not singing just yet. You know, I see her over in the wings warming up, but she's not singing <laughs> she, yet. She is warming her vocal cords, though, right now. It seems uh, like that. And I'm glad you guys have done and focused on the EMP. Before I saw the trailer, I wasn't aware that that's what the focus of of the movie was. You know, the of okay, here's the event that is is the problem in this, and because this has been a uh, a point that me and many others have made over the years that, look, this is a real thing. And at first, if you remember back at first, oh, I don't know, not that many years ago, when it first came out that, hey, you know, a nuke exploded, you know, 300 miles above the United States would probably disable our power grid and uh, every electronic thing we have, and it's really bad. And everybody kind of said, <laughs> that's crazy talk. Uh, people are starting to realize because, you know, the, the actual science of it has gotten available and people have looked at it and go, wow, this isn't crazy talk. And then there's the sun that, yeah. you know, we get one of those uh, and it's, it's, it's done. And everybody goes, well, yeah, all right. So, well, that'll be a bummer not having my computer and all. But electricity is one of those underlying things of our society that we're so used to it, and it's such an integral part of our society that we we don't realize how dependent we really are on it. I mean, everything basically depends on electricity, unless you're in a rural area and you, you've got things, you know, you've got your plan B set up. You live in a city, even your water depends. No electricity, no water, no sewer. No lights, no nothing, no elevators, nothing, you know, no traffic lights. Uh, and that yeah. doesn't seem like a big deal. Oh, I hate those traffic lights anyway. Good. I'm glad they don't work. Well, when you're in a big city and there's no traffic lights, there's no traffic after that because you have a big parking lot now. Yeah, it's it, it really is a, a scary proposition, this film, Amerigeddon. But it was really important that we put in there just key information. We could have made a documentary and mm -hmm. said, you know, this is what we think. But, you know, I, I don't think most people want to sit through a documentary and be uh, taught, a, you know, a lesson. Some people do, and, and I enjoy documentaries as much as the next person. But it was really important to us with Amerigen to create a movie that people could come sit down, watch, enjoy the movie. But once it's done, they go, huh. What is this? They said in there in 2008, Congress said the greatest threat to our national, our America was an EMP strike. That comes from Congress. That's their own world. Uh, that's their own words. Um, we talk about the New World Order. Well, I didn't make this up. All you have to do is look at Henry Kissinger on YouTube, and he's the one that says all America needs is a little chaos for the New World Order to take over. Not only him, but President George H.W. Bush said the same thing. There will be a new order. So the, those are frightening things. And we lay them all out within the story of our movie, American. We lay it all out there. And our hopes are is that people will take that information and just do their own study. 
and, and figure things out for themselves. Um, you know, what, what's really going on in the world. And if you really strip it all down, there's a lot of great movies. I love going to the movies. I, I, I love watching movies. But this is a movie you could go, you can enjoy the movie, but if you really look at it and you, and you understand it, it could possibly save your life. Well, yeah. And would you consider it a uh, documentary? I mean, a uh, a docudrama, I guess they would call it, to where it's uh, it's informational, but it's also a drama. Yeah, we you know we we're more you know it's a political action thriller film. Okay. You know, it's very much. Uh, it's like it's like we it's like we say it's a, a, a fake story that just or it's a true story that just hasn't come uh, true yet. Okay. So, yeah. I noticed but you it, had one character in the trailer, and you mentioned Henry Kissinger, and I saw this uh, <laughs> I saw this uh, character, and he didn't have the uh, German accent or anything, but boy, he reminded me of Henry Kissinger. He was the guy who was saying, well, you know, when you make a deal with the devil, it's a one-time deal. And I'm thinking, Henry Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, Henry Kissinger. Yeah, and but, I that don't know if really, yeah but that was really pulled from in 2007 when Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama went inside the Bilderberg Group meeting in Atlanta. They were both neck and neck, and they both came out after one day and... Hillary then essentially dropped out of the race. So what happened in that Bilderberg Group meeting that shifted history where Barack Obama is going to be our next president? I think, that for me personally, I believe there's powers that be that dictate our, our policy, our government, and, and they're the puppet masters pulling the purse strings. I personally think uh, this president sold his soul for this office that he holds today, and uh, it, it, so we figured, what what the heck? Let's you know, let's throw it in there. I wouldn't doubt. People... I wouldn't doubt that at all, and I absolutely believe, and I think the evidence actually backs up the the opinion that you know there are powers behind the scenes dictating our you know policy if we have one or agenda, whatever it is that it's not the president and it's not the Congress and it's not the Supreme Court. They're just getting their marching orders from somebody, you know, that we don't necessarily know who it is. I mean, there's a lot of groups we can point at and a lot of individuals in those groups we can point at, but we, you know, we're we're guessing there, you know, who's who and who's saying what, but they're there and they're obviously, you know, there's some funny things going on like that is one example and you know it, the evidence just backs it up and i think people are starting to see that whereas 20 years ago i mean really people just you know i i talk to people and they they basically point and laugh and you know uh, your tinfoil hats on too tight and all that and and things really have changed with the average person and like i said they're not jumping up and saying yes let's let's march on washington let's do but they are giving that that nod going yeah yeah you you could be honest that that might not be wrong whereas it used to be you're a nut yeah well and i attribute that to alternative media right now 
that people are starting to, let's just say, awaken a little bit. You know, 20 years ago, there was no uh, alternative media. It was, you know, Walter Cronkite on the evening news. But now we have people that are educated people, smart people, that are able to have a platform to go speak the truth, and 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 the audience is getting bigger and bigger. And, and so I applaud you. I applaud everybody that is out there doing that because we trust me. We need that more than we need CNN or Fox News. We need the truth coming out, and and the only way that's happening right now is through uh, the alternative media. Well, I certainly believe that's the truth, and and you know. People like yourself who are taking your skills, which have up until recently been, you know, isolated basically to Hollywood. Uh, you know, that's where, you know, and, and sure, you know, the Patriot community has been putting out videos for many years, but they're usually, you know, not that good, not that well done, not that high quality, kind of difficult to watch, a little boring and all that. And you know, like it or not, in our society, there has to be an element of entertainment with anything you're trying to educate somebody to. I mean, like you said, people don't want to sit through a two-hour documentary. You know, they just lose interest, they get bored, whatever, they're used to this. You know, uh, we live in, the, like they say, the information age. People are used to being bombarded with, you know, entertainment and, you know, shiny things all the time and it and if they're not they lose interest so i think it was a, a really great idea to make it entertaining you know like uh like a, a thriller like you said and and also informative to say hey yeah. but psst, you know kind of psst, hey watch this you know i mean because pay attention but enjoy yourself but Pay attention, you know. And absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and we're very blessed because, we, we, you know, it was – we just wanted to get it out there. It, it's really more – I know our audience is really more um, people that are out there, and, and, and it's not really a theatrical movie, but it's really important for us to try to get it out there in the theaters as close to people as possible. Our first run, we opened May 13th in 30 theaters. And out of 27 of those 30 theaters, we were the number two movie in all the cineplexes. And that, and that was the week Captain America came out. So, you know, I get Captain America whooping us. But, you know, this movie beat out a George Clooney's film. It beat out a number of big Hollywood box office movies. And because of that success, we go, well, you know what? If people are going to come support it, then let's go out and try to further get it out closer to where everybody's at. So we spent a, a lot of time and thought into, okay, where are these pockets of people? And so now we're expanding, and we're going to take those 30 prints we had, and every week we're going to hit up a whole new market all the way through um, our DVD release, which is October 4th uh, of this year. It comes out on DVD and all the other uh, platforms that there are out there. It'll be on everything. But we want to, it's really important to us to keep the awareness out there and to keep people talking about it and learning and, and really trying to wake people up until that point. And it's also fun because for us, 
we go out there. We go to these screenings. We go to these markets, and uh, we go to these theaters, and we have Q&A, uh, Q&A sessions with the audience afterwards. So, you know, it's really more of – it's more of a movement for us than a movie. Yeah, it's a movie, 90 minutes, it's fun. Uh, but we also want to be able to engage the people that are coming to support us. We appreciate that. And we know it's, you know, we know make going to see a movie is a commitment. It's, you know, getting in the car, buying the ticket. It's the whole thing. We understand that. We, you know, we're not Captain America. We're a little small independent movie that Hollywood wanted nothing to do with until they all of a sudden saw that, well, what is this little film of Marageddon? Oh, this is kind of a weird thing. What They've got 4 million hits on YouTube and 20 million social engagements on the Internet. That's now all of a sudden Hollywood took notice in, but not before. We were some crazy extremists living in Texas, making this movie, the son of Chuck Norris. Boy, he's gone off the edge. He's some wacko. But all of a sudden, they see success happen, and then they jump on. So I, I find that quite hilarious about Hollywood, where you know it's all about the almighty dollar for them, sure. and where for us, it really was about the content, the information well, is what it was about. One thing you guys have done with this is you've also done something original. Okay, that 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 is. You know, okay, fine, you know, EMP, you know, this is an original idea. There aren't any other movies, uh, or not many other movies like this. This is an original idea, and that's something that Hollywood has just basically given up on. I mean, they just reboot everything now. You know, let's just get a new cast and redo an old story and hope everybody wants to see it. And they don't seem to have any original thought anymore, and, you know, they still want to make that money, but... They don't get it. They they just they're out of the loop, man. You know, as far as that yeah, goes. yeah, they are. But I find it interesting because in a number of these big uh, DC comics and Marvel movies, they do touch on uh, things like a New World Order. Mm-hmm. They may even touch on an EMP. But you know what? You put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Yep. And that's what they're doing. Is they're trying to hide. And they're, I think they're trying to dumb down the population to the extent where they go, oh, an EMP, that's no big deal. We saw it in whatever. That's movie. a comic book thing. That's just it, a movie. It, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, when they wake up one day and there's no power yeah. and people do not have that, the 50 million people reliant on government assistance and they can't get that, um, we're in for a uh, a little bit of a pickle here in this country. Oh, absolutely. And there's and like you said, there's there's certain places and certain conditions that you know, unless you're really really prepared and you really got it going on, and that and that you know, I mean, if you live in a city, you're going to need more than just a bag of beans and uh, and rice. You're gonna you're gonna have to get it together way more than that to just survive that because the cities are going to be really difficult. But, Mike, hey, we've got to take a break here for a few minutes. When we come back, we, uh, I'd like to talk about a little bit uh, about, you know, your experience with Hollywood and the movie, because that's interesting about how, you know, things change. You're a nut. Now you're not a nut. You know, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> hey. You know, and uh, and also definitely spend some time on, you know, where it's going to be, where it's at, and all that stuff. So we'll just take a little break here. We'll be back in a few minutes. 
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Brother, I'm 
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Friday, June 3rd, 2016. It's about 1242 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. That's when it is where you're at. We're live. You can call in 800-932-1980. Go on the chat room, which there's people in there asking questions, uh, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Click it. Go on in there. Pick a name. Pick a password unless you already have one. And, folks, remember, when you pick a password, this isn't a bank account, okay? So don't go crazy and pick something you'll never remember. Just make it easy. And uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is ABRN Talk. If you'd like to contact me directly, we have Mike Norris on, and uh, we're talking about the movie Amerageddon. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I've got some questions out of the chat room for you. All right. Uh, the first one is, let's see here. Okay. Well, well, I'll I'll do the second one first because the first the first one we're going to get to is and that's the where and whens and how do I know where it's going to be and all that stuff. The other one is and the person in the chat room realizes you've probably been asked this before once or twice, but do you know karate? I do, <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, as a, as a child, that's what my dad did. He was a karate instructor, and so. You know, every kid likes to hang out with his dad, so every weekend we would go out and do karate demonstrations to try to drum up business for his karate schools. And so, yeah, I know karate. I'm very thankful to have done it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a great discipline, I think. Uh, you know, but then there's another one here. How how long is the movie? I think you mentioned ninety minutes, or is, is that right? Yeah, 90 minutes. Okay. Just uh, average movie, your typical average movie experience. And then, let's see, uh, the different scenarios. Now, the the basis, I'm, I'm presuming, because I've only seen the trailer, is the EMP attack. But I guess the scenarios they're, they're asking about is what other kind of, uh, okay, so an EMP attack happens. That's the main premise, but... What are some of the elements within that premise that, you know, that happen along the way? You know, martial law, and, then, and what else? Well, it, you know, it was really, within the context of the film, it was a very calculated plan by the elites of the world to create chaos in America. And that's why they why in the film we detonate the EMP. Um, and, and because that, you know, out of uh, chaos comes control. I mean, that's how the elites want to control us, and they need chaos in order to step in. So in the film Amerageddon, after the EMP strike hits, that's when, you know, the United Nations is called in, martial law is declared, and they come to take the guns. Because that's what they want to do is come and disarm the population so we will have no defense against the people that are going to come and try to take take our guns, take our food, take our supplies. Um, so Basically I, enslave. Absolutely. Absolutely. They not only want to enslave us, I personally believe they want to kill us. You know, there is reports of, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of these plastic coffins 
scattered everywhere. They are bringing in guillotines into the state. What is all this stuff for? That, uh, you know, it won't take anybody long to Google uh, guillotines in America to uh, find some credible information about that. I believe uh, they, I, I believe they want us dead. I think so, too, and I think that's, you know, I, I think, it, it, again, that is a premise that and an opinion that is backed up by a lot of evidence. If if people would just choose to, and I encourage people and try to get them to go, go to the United Nations website and start reading some of their documents. Uh, and if yeah. you want to focus on something, focus on population control and sustainable development. You look up those two search terms in the U.N. documents, and you're going to be shocked and appalled when you start reading some of their, their ideas they have about how to, you know, how to do that. And how they want to do that is to get rid of over three-quarters of the people. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, that, and, and, yeah and that's another thing we bring up uh, within the context of the film. Yeah, so this is not just an oops, gee, Golly, we slipped and fell and killed everybody. You know, this is, no, we've been planning this forever, you know, a long, long time. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, you know, both sides of the aisle are responsible for allowing this to happen. It's not a Democratic thing. It's not a Republican thing, because all of Washington is pretty much bought and paid for. You know, and that's why this whole Donald Trump phenomenon is so, um what's the word, intriguing, because, you know, here's one man that is not bought and paid for by moneyed interest, by big pharmaceutical companies, by oil, by anything, and he's kind of shaking the cage a little bit, and, uh, you know, people are taking a one of two ways. They're waking up, or they're just so brain dead that they they just think he's crazy, which, you know, like, like I think, hey, Donald Trump's a mess, but he's his own mess. <laughs> you well, know? yeah, yeah, that's it. And, you know, I, I, you know, for one thing, look, the guy hasn't done, done anything wrong to this country yet. Whereas the other candidates, I'm sorry, they, you know, they get a big red X on that one because they have. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, the rest of the senators, whoever else was running, they were all politicians. And like you said, they're all responsible to varying degrees. Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. And uh, I'm not even sure there are two aisles anymore. It, it looks no. like one aisle to me. It looks like this election has clearly made one thing uh, obvious, that the real issue is globalism versus Americanism. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. You know, I mean, yes, we have lots of problems, you know, and they they talk about them. Trump talks about them. You know, the economy, the trade deals, the, you know, the immigration. We, you know, we have the homosexual agenda. We have problems to, you know, we got lots of problems. But And, and you know what I find interesting is why is that taking up so much of the news cycle, this whole bathroom issue? I think Unbelievable. It's, a Is it, it's an absolute distraction, and it's pathetic to even have this be a topic right now uh, in our news. I, it's ridiculous. And it's what I don't know what the percentage of people are that identify differently. I have no idea, but it's no. not that many. I think I honestly think that that is all it is, and I, I think you you know we're talking about what 
Why? Why did they do this? Why do they need a distraction? Because I really think the one thing they do not want the American people to figure out is the issue is very clear. In this election, it's globalism or Americanism. Do you want to be a globalist or do you want to be an American? That's This is your choice this time. You know, everything else is like, okay, let's see, you know, Let's see where he comes down. Let's see how much of what he says he's actually going to do. Uh, if you want to be an American, if you want to be a globalist, you pretty much know what Hillary's going to do. And she will do it. You know, so, you know, this, these are our deals. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, America is not a perfect country, not even by a long shot. But what I have hope in is the American people that are awake and understand what's going on, these are going to, and our military, these are going to be the people when, um, when, for lack of any better words, when the fit hits the sham, <laughs> uh, these are going to be the people that really rise up mm-hmm. and um, make America great, so to say, or or protect America, because it's not going to be the politicians. It's or allows be the America, allow America to just survive. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. When I look at Make America Great Again, it's like, well, you know, that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. We need to, we need to first survive this, because yeah. we're on the ropes. They've been at this yeah, a very long yeah. time. Yeah, and, I, and personally for me, I hope there is an election. I hope something catastrophic doesn't happen yeah, where martial law is declared and, and our election's canceled. Yeah. Now, now you just spoke to something that somebody in the uh, chat room was asking and that I was going to ask you about. Uh, there's one after this, but uh, what if Obama doesn't leave office? You know, and that's along the scenario of catastrophic something. Oh, well, we're going to cancel the elections and I'll just stay until everything's calmed down and... Uh, is that that is that dealt with in the movie? No, no, we 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 don't deal with that. But that's just you know from my personal uh, you know research and awakening. You know, I, I found that to be possible. I didn't yeah. even think that would be possible, but apparently it is. Yeah, yeah, it would seem. It, 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 I think it's more possible because I've it's crossed my mind with George Bush and Bill Clinton in the past that hmm, they might not leave, but. This time it's like, well, this is, you know, he could actually pull it off. Uh, but, you know, then, of course, it, you know, it's it'll be war if that happens, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Now, the other question in the chat room is, do you, uh, do, you, uh, do you and how do you, if you do, portray preppers in the film? As very smart, intelligent people. Okay. No wonder yeah. Hollywood hated it. Oh, uh, <laughs> because they are. They they really are. I mean, what is wrong with being prepared in any form of life? If you go to school, you prepare for a test. You know, so why not be prepared for a disaster for for anything? It's it's it, to me now. It's common sense. Well, if you, you know, it goes along with the whole everything's upside down, you know, right is wrong and wrong is right and yes is no and all that because, you know, I mean, protectionism, 
is a dirty word now, too. And what's wrong with protecting the interests of your nation? You know, when did that become a bad thing to do that? I mean, isn't that why we elect these people, to protect our interests? But uh, Absolutely. But it, for me, it's come down to how do I protect my family sure. and my community? Sure. You because, know, cause yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid America, I, I don't know if it's as much as I love this country, I believe in this country. Does this country have my best interest in mind also? And I, and I can't answer that. But I want to make sure I, Mike Norris, just as a, a man, as a, a, a Christian, has my family's interest right. at, at hand. And because my wife, my wife is not um, a person that I, you know, she's she's a mother. She runs a business. She takes care of my world. And she doesn't really want to deal with all the stuff that goes along with the things we deal with in the movie, just because she she just it, it frightens her. So as a man, I have to take it upon myself, and I've let her know, hey, life goes on, but these are things that are in the works. And when you get that look from me, you know it's time. Mm-hmm. And she and she's fully in agreement with that. But right now. She's living life. She's raising our kids. She, you know, she's she's doing everything. Um, well, and you but, know what? I think she's, you know, that's that's an important issue. Just because you are, are okay, let's say you decide, okay, I'm going to be a prepper. Well, to whatever degree you do that, you don't have to stop living. Okay, you don't have to stop everything else. You can exactly you can multitask this you know it's just you know hey every time you go to the store buy a couple extra cans of food buy a couple of bags of rice you know this is not stopping your life or going oh well now now we can just well junior i'm sorry you can forget about college because i bought a bag of rice and uh that's it for you you know yeah yeah you're you're 100 percent right i i agree wholly with you on that but i you know and i'm living life but I am prepared, sure. and, um, you know, I pray to God we don't need it, but I am, unfortunately, uh, it, to me, it looks like we will. Well, eventually, you know, it's it, we will. I mean, eventually, this is just the nature of, of life. It, things, you know, we go through uh, cycles, and this is, uh, we're in one, and that's just the way it is, to think that, Things will always be static, and everything will always be the same, and nothing will change, and nothing bad can ever happen. Is a bit unrealistic. Yeah, I think you know, uh, but, perhaps delusional even. But now we got to get to this. Where is the movies, and how do people f- find out where they can go watch the movie? And and you know, how much is it? The, is it the same everywhere? One thing I noticed on the website, which I was surprised at, that. You're actually in the AMC and Cinemax, uh, some theaters. I thought you'd be locked out of those theaters, but I'm glad to see that you're not. Yeah. Well, right right now, we I, I'm not even sure if we're in any theaters this week. We may be in a few, but uh, if you go to our website, AmerigedInTheMovie.com, um, we will be updating that every time a theater is booked. And like I, I think I said before, what we're doing is we're just going to barnstorm the country. So, um, you know, we'll be in a, a city. Uh, we're going to Atlanta, Georgia, a uh, uh, number of cities in Florida, even Washington, D.C. on the 17th <laughs> of June. So, um, that so that'll be interesting. always. 
Yeah. Hey, we figured let's just jump right into the lion's den on this one. And, um, and so you can always get the information. It'll be updated on a daily basis because the thing that we've had to do because, you know, of all the big Hollywood movies coming out, we've kind of got a deal where, um, you know, they'll place us, but we're only going in for a week now. And um, so we're going to kind of be in and out of a lot of places, and we should know, you know, one week before, hopefully, uh, but that's why uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody up to breath on our uh, Facebook page and on our website, um, you know, when and where we're going to be. But we're just going to go out throughout all of June, July, and August, and we're going to barnstorm the country and just try to hit um, and be at as many theaters as we can. I mean, personally, not just the movie, but us personally, right. uh, to come out there. Uh, meet with the people, um, because we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Is there anything that the people can do out there in their local area to, like, get your movie in a theater? Can they contact well, a theater? What do they do? Yeah. Uh, con- yeah, if you've got a group of people, contact your theater. We just booked uh, a theater in Kearney, Nebraska, because enough people called and said, we want this movie in our city. And so we're opening up. We said, fine. And we're going to Kearney, Nebraska, um, June 17th. That's great. It, they, yeah. You know what it reminds so we, me of? Get... It reminds me of a band that's got an album about to be released, and, and you're out on tour. That's not very far from the truth, because, you know, we are not in the Hollywood system. We have to kind of, and we can't buy our way in. Right. You know, it's first off, it's uh, fiscally irresponsible for us to try to Buy our way into uh, people, uh, you know, our audience. Right. We don't want to do that. Um, and so we just, this is just kind of how we have to do it. We're just, we're just going on a barnstorming tour. And, Sounds great, um, Mike, and I look forward to it hopefully coming to Medford, Oregon down here so I can see it uh, before I got to wait for the DVD or online version. But we're out of time. I'd like to have you back on sometime in the future and uh, catch up on how things are going and all that. That'd be all right. You got it. I'll, I'll you got it. I appreciate the time. Pleasure having you on, Mike. I'm, I'm sure the movie will do great, and it was uh, great having you on. We'll talk again. You got it. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Folks, we are out of time. I got to go. Financial Survival's coming up next, so stay tuned. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs> heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Melody Suderstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival, and I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. We had some incredible number coming out for the job creation today for May, and um Everyone is shocked at the numbers that were released, um, but gold benefited uh, for those numbers. We'll talk about those numbers right after the uh, market report. So uh, uh, we had bullion coming off its biggest monthly loss since November, and we have gold up $32, $32. But I'll tell you what, with that employment number, with the job creation number at 38000 gold there was no reason gold shouldn't have been up $100. There's no reason the stock markets should have plowed down 500 point plus. Uh, we didn't see that. Uh, they did everything possible to keep the Dow from going down too much, but we still got 32 bucks for gold at 1243 Silver also a nice day. Still didn't match a gold's uh, percentage gain, but close. Gold, uh, silver, 1647, up 0.40. 16.47 for silver. Platinum is up 24 at 985. Palladium up 20 at 557. The other side of that gold coin, of course, is the dollar. And uh, that took a beating today, down 1.60 at 94.00. Crude oil was hit a little bit, not much, 0.41 at 48.76. And the 
Paper markets today, as I mentioned, were just down slightly. Well, I guess the final ticks are coming in. The Dow was down 31 points, 17,807. The NASDAQ was down 28 at 49.42. The S&P down 6, 2,099. 10-year yield, everybody was plowing into treasuries. That's 1.70, down 0.11. And, of course, you saw the euro pop as we saw the dollar decline. That was up 1.80 at 1.14 for the euro. And I'm not even going to talk about foreign markets as, uh, you know, they have they didn't react to our numbers today. But, uh, Al, the job creation, 38,000 positions. And, yeah, that's uh, pretty amazing. And what's what's surprising to me is the U.S. dollar index is down one and a half, one and a half points, um, 1.6, actually. Well, I don't recall seeing it fall that much ever before. It may have done so. I don't remember clearly. But I don't remember seeing it that drop that much. It's, it's certainly, if it's, if it's dropped that much or more before, it hasn't happened very often. Now, I'm not sure it's happened at all. That's that is that is that is a huge drop. I know when it was dropping significantly, we might have had that type of a. Uh, but lately, I mean, we've seen it move up a point. It's rare. It's rare. Yeah, we've seen it's it very move up rare. A, a full point, but yeah, one point and a half, one point six, wherever it might, wherever it might fall at any given point. Yeah, it's it's significant, and, and no one is talking about it. I watched some of the financial news programs today and very little discussion on that dollar drop. There were some discussions on gold, uh, but all eyes were this is pretty much eliminating any type of Fed hike in June, probably eliminates any Fed rate hikes this summer, and probably eliminates any Fed rate hike until after the election, if there will be one at that point in time. This was the lowest since 2007 when the monthly job creation lost about 52,000 jobs. And um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in this report. There's, uh, the unemployment fell to 4.7%. Now, how does that make any well, sense? Well, let me finish. Well, I know what the answer is. But... It does not include those who did not actively look for employment during the month or the underemployed who are working part-time for economic reasons. So they use the U3, which is the official... Um, unemployment rate, but when you uh, include the U5 and the U6, that actually brings up that rate to about 9.7%. Well, the article I have here from the Associated Press says the unemployment rate tumbled to 4.7% from 5%. At the same time, we've only produced 38,000 jobs, and they go on and they explain the rate fell, the unemployment rate fell for a problematic reason. Nearly a half million jobless Americans stopped looking for work and so were no longer officially counted as unemployed. All right. So what is the unemployment rate if they can just knock off a half million people every once in a while? How do they know these people aren't looking for work? And what are they doing? I mean, do they have some sort of a registry where people sign up, okay, I'm not looking for work anymore. I mean, this is this is like seasonally adjusted figures for 
the gross domestic product or whatever, you got to wonder, is this really seasonally adjusted? Is this mathematically sound? Or is this just a way they cook the books? Well, I mean, they, they, they don't use, I mean, they use the U3 as the official unemployment rate. But when you add in all these other factors, like I mentioned, which is a part of the participation rate, you're going to get a lot higher number. And uh, uh, the, partic- the, the participation rate, I mean, the Americans not in the labor force, as you mentioned, surged to 94.7 million. Uh, that's a huge increase. So again, it, it's, you know, Analyzing these reports, and certainly the financial news pro- pro- programs, the Wall Street, they certainly don't want to dive into you know, the truth of the matter. They have to this time because the number is so drastically, uh, is so drastic. I mean, it's shots. So they had to talk about these numbers. They actually had to put it in print and so forth. But every other month, these numbers are just as bad. You know, we talk about them, but we probably don't spend as much time on them as we should. Um, so... Yes, there are problems out there. The private sector added only 25,000 jobs. 25,000 jobs. Plus, they revised both March and April. They revised March down to 186,000 from 2008, and April went to 123,000. And it was initially reported as 160,000. So, again, we see these... uh, Numbers continue to drop, and you know what I what you see in these numbers today really reflects what we talk about since we've been talking for years and years. You know, since the recession, since before that, but recently, it confirms to what we're talking about: the economy is not as good as what they want you to believe. Just because the stock market is up there at eighteen thousand, it doesn't mean that things are dandy. And we can explain those reasons why that Dow is 18,000. You had mining, they lost 10,000 jobs. It was, and they're going to blame a lot of this for the Verizon strike. You've heard it throughout the day, you know, how some of that, the jobs fell by 34,000. You know, maybe next month, uh, you know, because the, that was recently resolved, maybe you'll see the difference in, in the gains next month. But manufacturing lost 18,000 jobs. Part-time added 139,000 positions. Full-time lost 59,000 jobs. So, again, I think that's important there also. So, I think here's another, another point from the Associated Press. It says job gains have now averaged just 116,000 mm-hmm. in the past three months. 116,000 a month. That's the average for the first quarter of the year, essentially. Down sharply from an average of 230,000 in the 12 months ending in April. Now, we're, we're talking basically job gains are half for the first quarter of this year as compared to what they were on average for last year. Half. They've been cut by half. <clears throat> you know, we bring these articles, these these items to people's attention on this program. And we do it persistently and we point to this one and this one and this one. And we have different indicators that indicate we have some kind of a problem. And the point to all of this is I don't know how significant it is exactly that they only created 38,000 jobs. 
by itself, we can weather that, that, that particular little storm. But then there's other problems. What's happening with housing? What's happening with subprime mortgages or subprime loans for automobiles? Um, what's happening with money coming into the country, going out of the country? The value of the dollar you have one thing after another, after another, after another. This is just one of many apparent problems, any one of which, if they really get serious, might be, enough, might be sufficient to cause some real economic trouble in this country. And part of the reason for making this report is to say, look, we've got this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. It's not to be pessimistic, per se. It's not to be doom and gloom. But it's to say, you look at this, and you, it's, it's like saying, we got a hole in the bow, we got a hole in the stern, we got a hole in the midship. Um, we got water coming into the ship from a number of different sources, and this is not a good thing. The ship has not sunk. That's true, but we're taking water from a number of different sources, and this is one of them, how many jobs were created. So it's a word to the wise. It's another one of those things that says, look, time to get, get, your, get your life jacket on. The ship is taking water. You know. Actually, I find the 38,000 shocking that they've actually released that number. But I think it had more to do with her being not having to increase rates next month. And that you think much, they falsified that, much, that number? That, that pretty much has taken the rate off the table. I agree with that. But are you saying and that's that you very think possible. they, they yeah. falsified the to number? To this degree? I mean, come on. Obama's administration, they have tinkered with this number more than any administration that I can remember. I understand. Especially during election years. On, just to get with the, the idea that the number is higher. Than what is real? I don't. Then they come back the month later and they say, "Oh, we make a correction, and we told you it was two hundred thousand." I don't think you're going to have that, but to me, yeah, I think thirty-eight thousand is shocking. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that they would have to. I don't think they would have had to reduce it this low in order to make her take that rate uh, cut uh, or rate increase off the table. I mean, you know, they were expecting one hundred and sixty. You know, they could have did one hundred and five, and it would have taken yeah. it off the table. Maybe not until you know, the end of the year. But no, I think this number is, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. Well, it's the sort so of it thing tells that you, I think, I think, I mean, it really tells you how all the other numbers have been falsified because I don't know. And they're finally going to tell us the truth. Is this know. the first time we've had the truth in the past several years? I mean, why can you imagine what the next number is going to be? Well, that'll be going, I mean, with this drop, you'd think it'd go into the negative territories like we saw back in uh, 2007 when we were negative 52,000. I don't know. But uh, well, a no, lot of one it, other point about it, is it a trigger? Too, let me just finish this. A lot, of, a lot of this, too, is possibly the oil industry. The numbers are finally catching up and are being reported for the job uh, losses coming from the oil problem uh, with the dropping of the oil prices. This, you know, I don't know, but possible. Well, again, is this a trigger? I mean, is it just interesting news? Is it shocking news? Or will it have repercussions that are, who knows what's going to happen? I think next week your markets will tank. They kept the markets from dropping today. Next week the markets are going to tank. One of the things we'll sit back and 
Uh, I mean, give us we, something to wait on, anticipate over the weekend. When you're seeing the 10-year drop like I did, and I think gold will be much higher next week. Yesterday I made a comment that, you know, if the report today came in higher, you'd see gold lower. And if it came in lower, you'd see gold higher. Gold should have been a, They were even saying on mainstream media gold should have been higher today. That's mainstream financial news programs. Gold should have been up 100 bucks. With a one and a half point drop in the well, dollar, even a thirty dollar raise <laughs> is is welcome news for people who've been, you know, that's. But it's just to say, these market hasn't the markets really haven't reflected the thirty eight thousand drop yet. You'll see it next week, and you know we had a four day week. I I didn't look to see what the volumes were today, um, so. Um, you know, that would give us a little bit of an indication of, uh, um, you know, what the markets and why maybe they did. But today, also, the U.S. trade deficit, uh, the Commerce Department today said that the deficit increased 5.3% in April to $37.4 billion. Uh, exports increased 1.5%, uh, but the imports uh, rose faster, of course. The deficit with China surged 16.3%. Um, you know, and that falls right into uh, Donald Trump's uh, campaign, so he should take advantage of this. I think he already did. Um, there's another interesting part on here. Of course, they blame the strong dollar uh, as far as making our products a little bit more expensive overseas. Um, the deficit for all of 2015 had totaled $500.4 billion, up 2.1% from the previous year. Next week... The U.S. and the Chinese officials are going to meet in Beijing um, so for some talks, uh, resolving some disagreements between the two nations, uh, of course, of trade and foreign policy. You're going to have Tre- Treasury Secretary Jacob Blue there leading the talks and um, said that China could suffer bad consequences for its economy if it backs away from its program to open its markets and reduce its reliance on export-led growth. So it will be interesting to see if anything comes out of those meetings. Highly unlikely, just probably a bunch of baloney that will come out of there, and China's going to go off and do whatever they want. But uh, certainly there is tension uh, between the two countries. Don't know how real it is, but we know the U.S. didn't impose tariffs uh, on cold uh, rolled steel recently, increasing it. Um, So... We'll have to just another leaf in the breeze. Let's take a break for some commercials, and Melody and I will be right back on financial survival. Please stay tuned. afraid of pain. No one wants pain to rule over their life, and you don't want the negative side effects of aspirin, ibuprofen, or prescription drugs. They can lower immunity and cause dependency. Is there a safe alternative? I'm herbalist Wendy Wilson, and I prefer willow bark and meadowsweet herbs to control pain, fever, aches, and inflammation. God's herbs are good, and you won't be disappointed. 
Call Apothecary Herbs for pain or extra strength pain relief formula, toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International, 704-875-8010 or online, thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? I just wanted to finish up uh, on that little report on the deficit, uh, just some numbers. Canada, we ran a surplus, which is no surprise, $900 million, but that was the highest monthly surpru- uh, surplus on record. Uh, the deficit with Mexico, that rose 5.7%. And uh, uh, the European Union, um, we had an increase of 9.3% from March. So I thought that number was a little interesting. But again, uh, with these deficits, uh, that gives uh, more fuel for Trump uh, as he you know, continues to talk about NAFTA and the type of bad trade agreements that these are um, at the cost of American jobs. There's one other report I wanted to talk about today, Experian. Um, they actually track auto loans, and this is interesting. I think they, they said that the total amount of auto loans in the first quarter of 2016 was $1.005 trillion. Auto loans. <laughs> that seems like an awfully high number to me. That's a trillion a, dollars that's for one month? For the first quarter. For the first quarter. That's up 10% from the same period a year ago um, after hitting an all-time high of 17.46 million vehicles sold last year. Um, The loan balances are larger 
because the demand for trucks and yes, SUVs, of course, are sell at higher prices than cars. Um, so it, it's um, lease and people are leasing. Open leases jumped 27% to an all-time high of uh, 76.9 billion. Of course, that was the first three months of 2016. Um, the payment How much sense side. Does that make? How much sense does that make against the background of only 38,000 new jobs? Exactly. How much sense does it That's make my... that they are leasing more and more? More money is going into automobile leases, even though the number of new jobs for the first quarter of this year are half of what they were for last year. Yeah. Uh, 30000 is the average auto loan for a new car uh, and is <laughs> at an all-time high. Um, the average monthly payment is at a record, $500 more than $500. And um, Experian uh, also noted that there's more subprime borrowers and uh, are borrowing from new auto purchases. So uh, the continued rise in new vehicle costs have kept many customers exploring options to keep their monthly payments affordable, therefore the leases. And um, as long as the vehicle prices continue to rise, you're going to continue to see leasing rates rise. And uh, but yeah, I mean it doesn't fit in, and even even the job numbers. I mean they they've been decreasing. I just didn't have go from you know 100 and what what it was last month 180 or something down to you know the 38 thousand this month. So again, you're right. It doesn't match with what's going on. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and it, it's one of those things you look at and the math. The numbers don't seem to add up. Maybe they do, but it doesn't seem to add up. And it tells, it at least gives you reason to think that maybe they're cooking the books. And what does that mean? They're not cooking the books because things are so great. All right? They're not saying, let's cook the books because everybody's getting fabulously wealthy and the economy is stronger and we will amp things up. They're cooking the books because things are bad. Uh, if they are cooking the books, the reason is to conceal reality from the from the American public, and uh, that's it's just it's a way of telling you, look, things are getting pretty serious. We might be a lot closer. You know, we talk about when is this thing gonna these problems? When will they finally come to a head? We see evidence that they could come to a head, and we keep seeing it, and we keep seeing it, and they don't exactly come to a head. <clears throat> Maybe we're getting closer to that. Everyone seems to think so. Um, you can't tell for sure, but, uh, uh, I, you know, it's just one of those things. You look at it, it is confusing, it's ambiguous, it's hard to know what to make of it, but it's like being, again, using that analysis or analogy of a ship the ship is listing to port. It's supposed to be going level through the water, and instead, it's still moving through the water, but it's moving on an angle. That tells us something is wrong. Again, this gives us reason to think, maybe I better find, where's that, where's that life preserver? Where did I put that life preserver? I better hang on to that. I just might need that, and maybe not so long from now. You know, I came across an article yesterday. It was an interview with 
uh, Elon Musk, you know, the CEO of uh, Tesla. Yep. And I don't have it in front of me. I was trying to find it. I mean, because you talk about, you know, we're, you know, we look at all of these um, different, you know, where there isn't much that makes sense and everything is fine and happy. But we often talking about the the illusion that has been created. And what he actually talks about, and the question, he was in an interview, and the question was asked to um, whether we were living in an artificial world. That oh, we is are. How, I know, but, but I mean, this is what he's saying. He's yeah. it, it powered by artificial intelligence and highly powered computers. He's just like in the Matrix. Um, mm-hmm. He talks about living. Oh, this keeps keeps coming on. My apologies uh, if you hear voices in the background. But he are you talks, sure they're in the background, Melody? Yes, I'm positive. Okay, all right. <laughs> if they're in in the background, don't worry about the voices in the background. They're okay. It's it's the other ones. Got to say no to the voices, Melody. I but, do. But he he talks about. I'm trying to pull this up while I I'm I, I, I'm here. Uh, uh, he, he calls it a simulation. He says the strongest argument for us probably being in a simulation, he says he thinks is following. Forty years ago, we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. That's where we were. Now, 40 years later, we have a photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people uh, playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. And soon we're going to have virtual reality, and we'll have augmented reality. Yep. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. And I'm thinking, well, you know... In many regards, it may become preferable to reality. I mean, that's what's happening to a lot of kids right now. They get... They are obsessed with these games. They become more attractive than real life. Not for all kids, but for a lot of kids, for some significant percentage. And I don't doubt that the people who manufacture the games, I have, they fully intend. It's not, you know, they know this is going to get to where you, your life on in virtual reality will be preferable to the life you seem to be leading in reality. But isn't that what we were just kind of talking about, the illusion that we've created? Here we go. We go to work. We come home. We do this. But yet, hey, Wall Street and, and the financial markets, maybe, maybe in other areas, maybe it's not as, you know, a, 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 as easily observed. But yet in the financial markets here, you're, you're seeing stock markets are high. People are getting their quarterly statements. Their confidence is strong. But yet when you look underneath that and you look at the reality so it's almost like we're in that place to some degree. Well, you know, degree. that's what we're talking about when we talk exactly. about fundamentals on this program. The fundamentals are the reality. Talking about the reality. Yes, the fundamentals are the reality. You know, one of the biggest delusions that we have in 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 modern economics is the way they the, they allegedly discover the price of gold on comics, where there are allegedly 500 claims against every, over 500, against every single physical ounce that's in, of gold that's in that's in the vault <clears throat> that's like having five i'm selling cadillacs i've got one cadillac in the lot and i have 500 people who are paying me for that cadillac i'm selling that same cadillac to 500 people but 
because we've got a special deal with the government, what's going to happen is when it's time for these people to take 500 people to take delivery on the Cadillac, I'm going to write them a check instead, plus a little bit more than what they paid in. We give them a little premium, and everybody accepts it, and nobody demands the Cadillac. But the reality is, if two people demand the Cadillac, and there's only one Cadillac, I am technically bankrupt. That's what this means when they've got 500 of these claims. These paper gold, these claims are the paper gold. They're saying, well, I think gold is worth $1,240 an ounce or $1,250 or whatever. That's paper gold. Nobody even knows what the real price of physical gold is right now. We have no mechanism for discovering it. We are led to believe that 500 ounces of paper gold and it can produce a reliable measure of the price of physical gold. It's insane. It's crazy. <clears throat> Again, well, but, this, is, uh, this is evidence that COMEX is bankrupt. This is a Ponzi scheme where they've got a, it, just a year or two ago, they discovered there were <laughs> 117 claims on every ounce of physical gold at COMEX, and they thought that was astonishing. And now it's up to over 500. Why is it growing? I think it's because Comex is running a Ponzi scheme. In order to make this thing work, they've got to keep going deeper and deeper into this ratio of, of paper gold to physical gold. And how can it end? I mean, how far are they going to go? Are they they're well, over 500 now? When they get to 1,000, will it blow up then? Will it blow up when they get to 10,000 claims? At what point do people finally say, hey, you guys don't have any gold, do you? And comics is going to have to say, no, actually we don't. We've just been selling this, this illusion. And, and that's what I want to get back. Gold is the reality. And I don't, gold is the reality. The paper market, that, that's the illusion. Yeah, but gold is the reality. I just want to finish up what he says. Now, I'm not a fan of Elon Musk. You know, he you know he's teaming up with uh, all the other billionaires in the world to try and stop Donald Trump. You know, he wants to live in Mars. Well, go right ahead and live in Mars. But it kind of tells you too why these guys want to get away from the Earth because they destroyed it, in my view. But anyway, what he goes on and says, um, he says that since games that would would be indistinguishable from reality that could be played anywhere. It would seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. He was asked whether he was saying that the answer to the question of whether we are in a simulated computer game was yes. He said the answer is probably. He says that arguably we should hope that it's true that we live in a simulation Otherwise, if civilization stops advancing, then that may be due, due to uh, the event that stops civilization. And um, well, he, I says that the, that he says that this will make simulations that we can't tell apart from the real world where civilization will cease to exist. Well, I don't know about that. I think civilization will cease to exist in direct proportion to us becoming obsessed and addicted with addicted to are this virtual reality. It becomes a kind of drug. I mean, what's the difference between virtual reality that you pick up with some sort of a computer screen or goggles you wear or whatever? What's the difference between that and LSD? 
or heroin well, or coke or whatever. It's a kind of drug ultimately that that takes you away from reality, and reality has to be endured if we want to grow enough food to put food on the table where we can feed ourselves. That virtual reality can't feed us. It can create the illusion of steak and and uh, lobster and the rest of that sort of thing, but it's not going. But it's not going to actually grow any food. If we get hooked onto this virtual reality. We still need real food. Who's going to grow it while we're all watching our virtual reality programs? And, of course, his statement of civilization, you know, I mean, it might not be the complete annihilation of civilization. They're billionaires. So, you know... Living like we do might uh, seem like uh, you know civilization has ceased. You know if they can't live the the life that they're accustomed to, but there has been. What's interesting is there there's a big push for these guys to go to Mars to to send. They're sending. Um, he's planning on sending a capsule to Mars in 2018. So you know the future of this world. Um, I don't know, Al. Oh, we live in interesting times. There's no question. A hundred years it. from now. hundred years from now. Hundred. You years think we're going to make it a hundred years? No. You know, I mean, to think. But I know years things move now, slow. They can move slow. They can move fast. But yeah, I understand. But the way things are going right now, it does appear that they are going to move faster and faster and faster. It's all you can do to keep up with what's happening right now. And but, I can only imagine what it's going to be. Just a couple of years from now, things are moving so extraordinarily quickly that it becomes, what, what can you hang on to that's real? And that's not just a philosophical question. That may be a fundamental question that people are going to have to ask themselves and answer. And some of them are going to say, I'm going to hang on to virtual reality. That's where I want to live. That'll be fine, but who feeds you? Who's going to pay for the food while you're while, while you're stuck in virtual reality? And others are going to say, "Look, I got to get back to reality. I got to stop this." But virtual it's going to be so indistinguishable. And I think this is where we're at today, to some de- to a big degree. It's hard for people to distinguish really what is going on. Uh, and and oh, you yeah. have this manipulation, you know, by Wall Street, by governments, by you know, by the media, mainly media, you know, media is a big part of it. And so um, I found that fascinating. Uh, yeah, you know, it is fascinating. It's even scary. It's scary because he's actually confirming what we talk about when we talk about illusions. But he's talking about, hey, we're already in that game. Well, we're already playing that game. And we are. The I don't people, know that I agree that we're all we're, we're, we're there's a bunch of artificial things that are happening that include market manipulation and the prices of gold and the unemployment rate and God knows how much else is, mani- is artificial is maybe not 100%, falsified. But it is part of it. Oh, it's a big part of it. Big part of but it. But I don't agree that we're trapped in the matrix or something like but that. Not I don't, yet. I, don't I mean, agree certainly we don't have you know the you know the virtual reality and you know I'm. That'll be next, Ruby that'll really be next isn't month. a real dog. Next month, we can't we can't have virtual reality. But just think, just... if I had a virtual dog, I wouldn't have to feed her. Uh huh. Well, that's what the government's thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> if they had a virtual you and the other, you the better pinch yourself. Our... I'll pinch yourself. We wouldn't actually have to. We we're wouldn't have, have to feed them. We're gonna have to pinch everybody to make sure we're real. 
Well, let's break and take some real commercials for a couple of moments, and Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival in just, uh, just a minute. Please stay tuned. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 that's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We've got a caller, George from Toronto. Hello, George. How's it going, Al? Melody's hearing Good. the voices again, eh? Hi, George. She says, Hi, Melody. She says they're really in the background. They're not, you know, so I guess. Not in her head. What, what's up, okay. George? Got a question for okay. us? Listen, you know, it's true, though, eh? It is hard to distinguish what's real from not real sometimes. Like, you think it's. I keep thinking every day, like, what the heck is this money? It's it's just paper, you know, and, and it's nothing. I mean, why is your paper worth more than our paper, you know? Well, you know, one of the and, things I was thinking about relative to the – Venezuela has gotten in and got, found itself in a predicament where the central bank of Venezuela doesn't have enough paper, ink, and little metallic strips to put in their currency where they can afford to print their own money. You understand? It's costing yeah. them a couple of cents to print a hundred Boulevard note, and they don't have a couple of cents to print the note. And for whatever reason, they're having their notes printed by some foreign printer in a foreign country and delivered by 747s into Venezuela. 
Why? Given yeah. this currency is worthless, it's intrinsically worthless. Why yeah, pay right. the Federal Reserve or the Central Bank of Venezuela or some foreign or some foreign printer to print this currency when people could print it themselves on their own computers? It's my sure. I could if I were counterfeiting currency on my on my computer, it would be every bit as worthless as the pieces of paper that are produced by the by the Federal Reserve. So why should we go through the trouble of even causing the Federal Reserve to print this stuff when I could be printing my own paper, my own worthless, intrinsically worthless paper dollars right here on my printer, on my computer. Need a hundred bucks, go out for dinner or whatever. Yeah, just print it out. Why not? But you know what it all boils down to really? Is confidence. Confidence. Oh yeah. You yeah, know yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this Paper is supposed to be worth so much. Yeah. And if people keep believing that, for whatever reason, they've been brainwashed, then they'll accept it. They'll but accept it you, until it blows up in their face. Because they're going to well, find know, out that their confidence is, you know, even though it may have worked out well for 40, 50 years, there's going to, become a, there's going to come a moment when they're going to find out that, oh my gosh, people don't accept these worthless pieces of paper. And if the, if you don't have confidence in the note, then my confidence has to go down because I know I can't just give you a $100 bill to hire you to work for me for a day or an hour or whatever. Um, we lose confidence. The dollar becomes worth less. We get into hyperinflation. The dollar soon dies. People amaze, how can it die? How can the money die? It's not really money, for one thing. It's debt instruments. It's not yes, money. Money is an asset. What we use for money today are mere promises to pay. And we've got so many out there that they can't possibly be kept. The time has to come. Although whether it comes in the next six months or it comes in the next six years, I don't know. But the time has to come when people realize that these paper debt instruments are worthless. And if you want to hang on to your wealth, you're going to have to store it in a medium other than digital or paper dollars and currencies. So I didn't, it's all counterfeit. It's all worthless. And the, and the other thing, too, it's confidence in our, our leaders, our politicians. Yeah. They do not look out for us. They only look out no. for themselves. Not and, you know, worse than that. They don't, yeah. they don't care because they've got it made in the shade, right? They get well, good salaries, benefits, everything, no matter what level of government. And they don't want to I leave get, it. There's I no get term what limit. You're but I don't think it's. And I'm, I think, I'm getting tired. I just don't. I don't care about politicians anymore. I'm. I'm sick of it all. The system sucks. It's just. Not I don't worse. see that the politicians are merely self-serving. Exactly. If they were merely greedy, we might be able to work with them. But what I see, <laughs> from my perspective, they're not only greedy; they are treasonous. They are yeah, working you know to destroy our countries. Europe and Canada, we're down here in the United States. It's, the nation is being taken apart. They intend to unite Canada with the United States and Mexico. There's no proviso in our Constitution for, for, for our congressmen and our senators to work to create some sort of a North American Union. They can't create that North American Union without destroying the United States of America. That's treason. They're doing it. Oh, I understand it. I get it. But you know, until people just say enough is enough and just say, I'm not I'm not participating in this system anymore. I'm not going yeah, to work. Where do you today. Go? I'm not doing squat. You know, until I get change. 
You know, but everybody's caught in the bind. They need they need the money to to live on, right? I know. That's and you know, lots of times change starts locally. You really have to start and work locally, and um, you know, helping other people to understand what's going on. Education. Um, you know, it's a slow process, but they didn't do well, this overnight either. Couple of years back, Rob Ford, and he was hated by the press. He was hated by his fellow politicians for the most part because he, like was he, must have been a good guy. Our, he was trying to save our city from going into the hole money wise. Yep. And he passed away recently from cancer. But I'm telling it now, it's just back to the trough with these same local politicians, and it doesn't matter what level of government it is, they're all the same pigs, yep. you know? And I'm sick of it. You know, they, they just look out for themselves. I think the problem, the way I look at it, the way I understand it might not be correct, but the way I think it runs is this. You know, you have, we have accepted an extraordinary premise, and that is that a worthless piece of paper, a debt instrument, can be treated as an asset, yeah. something positive. And I understand that saying that, it sounds like I'm speaking in tongues to the vast majority of American people. I said, what the heck is he talking about? And there's the problem. Well, they don't know their history. Once we accept these phony green pieces of paper as if they were assets when they're really debt instruments, once we do that, it leads us to logical conclusions that are contrary to our own interests. And we look at it and we say, "How how do we get to negative interest rate? It's insane. We get there because we started with a fiat currency. We've accepted it since 1971. Very few people get it, appreciate it, understand it. And until the nation begins to understand that was a a dangerous and dumb and perhaps wicked idea. When they get to that, then they're going to sit back and say, you know, maybe we ought to try gold and silver again. And it won't be easy. I don't know that it'll happen. Well, it's a hard asset, right? I mean, it takes work to find find it, takes work to mine it, yep. takes work to, to process it and, and stamp it out in coins or whatever. Yep. And, you know, that's your value right there. And it has I mean, a tangible you... reality that is not directly a function of, of public confidence. Now, public right. confidence goes into gold, I get that. But it's not the same thing as public confidence in worthless pieces of paper. Yeah. There is value. Okay, guys. I like what you're talking about today as far as, like, robots and artificial intelligence. I don't know where the hell it's all going into. I... <laughs> all right. We Maybe appreciate it, George. Thank you for your Thank you. Work. Thank you, George. Uh, here's one that just amuses me. This is from uh, Yahoo News, and the headline is Donald Trump fires back. Hillary Clinton has to go to jail. That's the headline of the statement from Trump. Hours after Hillary Clinton called him unfit to represent the nation's interests around the world, Donald Trump lambasted his likely Democratic presidential rival in his own Thursday speech in California. Among other barbs, Trump called her pathetic and vowed that if he wins the presidency, he will investigate whether she broke the law by using a private email server for official business while she was Secretary of State. He also accused Clinton of closing up to uh, President Obama and his policies so that she would avoid being prosecuted for the email scandal. 
which he called an embarrassment. He says, Clinton, Clinton, or, uh, Trump says, remember Hillary Clinton used to hate Obama? Well, now it's yes, sir, Mr. President, sir. Um, anything Obama wants, she's going forward with because you know why? She doesn't want to go to jail. Trump called it a disgrace to the United States that Clinton was allowed to continue to run for president. And Trump later added, quote, I will say, say this. Hillary Clinton has to go to jail. She is guilty as hell, unquote. I find that just astonishing. Um, that a president, one presidential candidate, would, would say in public that, a, that his adversary has to go to jail. Uh, it's been a long time, if ever, where we've had two presidents. We've had presidential candidates to squabble, especially go back into the 1800s and whatever. But I wonder if we've had one before where one candidate said the other one had to go to jail. Um, this is just astonishing. And it's the sort of thing where people have been pussyfooting around. Are they going to indict Hillary? Are they not going to indict Hillary? It's been danced around. Now someone in a position of apparent authority. Right? Not yet. Trump. Not official yet. Not yet. But he does, right? People pay more attention to Trump than they do to Obama. When he says Hillary has to go to jail, I wonder how much of a difference that makes in the mind of the FBI and the she attorney She will not General. be indicted prior to the election. Well, we'll watch and see. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, she, before she made her announcement that she was going to run, her official announcement, she went to the White House, spent an afternoon. Two days later, she made the announcement. I'll guarantee you that was a promise from Obama. And that was right when things were coming out that, you know, they wouldn't do anything that, you know, she he, she had his blessing. You can't tell me, and this is my own theory, this is, you know, my own opinion, my own conspiracy theory. You can't tell me that Obama is moving into a $6 million mansion in Washington, D.C., that is owned by buddies of the Clinton, uh, that worked for Clinton's uh, um, administration. I can't, Lockwood or Lockhart, uh, uh, that owns the mansion. You just can't tell me that there isn't, you know, some back scratching going on there. She will not be indicted prior to the election. The only way possible that she would be indicted if there was something really, really bad. I don't doubt there's <laughs> and I, It's really, really bad. I mean, she's how done really, the, really, how, really how bad things. Did. But as far as the emails are concerned, no, nah, she, she will not be indicted prior to the election. That doesn't mean the, the Democrats won't drop her. You know, but uh, I don't think. Well, I think they have to be considering that right now. The way this is shaping up, in my estimation, is if Hillary is the Democratic candidate, I think she's going to suffer one of the worst defeats any candidate has ever suffered who was running for the presidency. I think I think Trump will steamroll over her in ways that are that are going to astonish people. And when he and if that happens, if it turns out that 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 prediction is roughly correct then the Democrats are going to lose the House and the Senate, and they're going to suffer a terrible defeat in the November election. I think the Democrat Party has to look at it and say, look, we've got to dump this woman. We've got to get rid of her, or we're going to lose so many seats in the House and the Senate and governor's offices and the rest of that. The damage will be just extraordinary. And for that reason, 
she's going to have to go. I think it's partly the yeah. same reason why people in the Republican Party, who in the establishment, who had previously worked against Trump, are beginning to say, well, what the heck? It may be that he's going to give, help us if he runs. I don't like him, but if he runs, it may be that we, we regain control of both the House and the Senate. All right, maybe we gather, maybe we take over both of them. It could be a route for the Democrats, and we'll deal with Trump when we have to. But for right now, let's support him. He's, he's maybe good for the party. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because you don't know, because you're going to have people who don't like Trump vote for Hillary just for that. And you have people that will vote for Trump, and you'll have people who vote for Trump because they don't like Hillary. That's why and, most people vote. Yeah. Very they don't like the other guy. Candidates, they, we think the other guy is you worse. Know, I heard this interview, I mentioned it on the program before, um, that, I can't think of his last name, Dean, Howard Dean, he was interviewed, and uh, he was talking about Democrats, um, they were always losing to the Republicans, and, and now they knew how to win. He says, coming up to the elections, especially the presidential, he says, you could talk about anything up to a month prior to the election, but that last month, when people walk into that he says all issues, everything goes out the window. They vote for the person who they like. Yeah. Mm. It's or a vote pers- against a, the person they dislike. It's a, pers- it's a personality. If they like you, they will vote for you. Well, that may be true. We'll watch and see. We, again, we would certainly live in interesting times. We're out of time. We'll be back. Melody and I will be back on Monday. Hope you'll tune in at that time. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at landset.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800 581 8906. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating, gasoline reserves are low, and the price is rising. World events are, at best, uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men will test today but only three when the Green Beret trained to live off nature's land trained in combat 
Welcome to Freedom Call. Uh, this is live, uh, and that means that uh, I'm vertical, at least temporarily. Sorry about the absence. Uh, it's not voluntary, and I don't know what to tell you uh, about it. If uh, When you lose a total consciousness, it's, uh, you know, you go away, and uh, this you know, happened to me uh, once before. Now, I got shot in the back of the head. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, <laughs> but the bullet bounced off. I am hard-headed, but uh, this is strange because two and a half years ago, same thing uh, happened. I was unconscious for 30 minutes until, and the reason I know is because I had just let the dog out. It was early in the morning. I looked at my watch. It was 6 o'clock. And uh, the next thing you know, uh, I am I'm gone. I'm out. Now, the next thing I remember is I opened my eye. I was laying flat on the floor staring at my watch, and uh, it was 6.30. So for 30 minutes, I was uh, not here. And uh, it's an uncomfortable feeling, uh, sort of. Uh, this time, I uh, was preparing for bed and uh, just uh, ended up flat on my face. Now, it's a good thing my head is hard because apparently uh, my first point of contact, as a paratrooper might describe it, uh, was uh, my forehead Thank God I don't have a, that big of a nose. And um, so I got a, quite a lump on the forehead, and my and I, w- and I was said to have a puddle of blood, uh, EMT said, that I was lying in. Anyway, I, somehow or other, uh, I injured my, myself internally, uh, my ribs, that area. And uh, uh, this time... Uh, you know, EMTs came, and uh, I've got 27 air medals and a distinguished flying cross. So, and I've been in a fly, flyer, you know, for all these, well, for 50 years, an instructor for over 40 years. And so I know when I'm airborne, and I could tell that I was airborne, but I don't remember a thing about uh, the hospital. And thank God, because they're punching holes in you and all this kind of stuff. At any rate, uh, uh, the first trip was Nellis uh, Air Force Base, where they did everything that I'd ever heard of and a bunch of stuff I hadn't, uh, including nuclear, uh, chemical stress tests, and uh, things I hope I never have to take again. This was a civilian hospital. Every 
test, some of them uh, that I didn't uh, take in Nellis. I don't know if I missed them, uh, but, but um, you know, these uh, uh, you name it, they hook electrodes to your head, you know, about 10 of them. <laughs> and uh, at the end, they look at me and say, well, you uh, seem uh, very fit. So I was glad to get out of the hospital. And uh, once I'm back out, I realize what the world is like. Uh, there was a young man who lost his life by misadventure here in uh, Sandy Valley, leaving behind a very young family. My goodness. You know, God be praised. The day I'm out of the hospital, uh, here is this trouble. And uh, we have a number of mortuaries in uh, lost wages, as I prefer to call it. They all uh, kind of work like a big spider web. They have a rotation system. And so uh, families out here in Sandy Valley, if you look on a map, you probably won't even be able to find Sandy Valley. Uh, it is uh, 50 miles southwest of lost wages as a crow flies, and uh, the end of the runway is California. And we are divided also by four counties, Clark County and uh, San Bernardino County, which is California, and then Inyo County is all part of Sandy Valley, which is also California, but a different county, and Nye County, which is a very close. And so uh, people that live out, it's the hole in the wall. It really is. There's one road in and one road out. Uh, there is no highway. So who would come to Sandy Valley? Well, in Los uh, Angeles, Los Angeles, uh, back in... Uh, Oh, just before 83, I uh, had a reason to get out of Dodge. And uh, I needed some place where I would have privacy. The media was driving me nuts. And so uh, a fellow came up to me, sort of, you know, like uh, out of the blue, and said, uh, Bo, if you will go to Las Vegas a guy will pick you up and take you to a place where nobody will ever find you that you don't want them to. And by golly, uh, that was the truth. <laughs> this guy uh, told me, uh, I mean, it was wonderful. Uh, this was a little airport, uh, a lot of dirt roads. And uh, we used to test fire submachine guns off the front porch. We used... Uh, uh, testing new developments in suppressors for high-powered rifles from a little two-story house that was the biggest house on the airport, uh, shooting at a stop sign that would, because there was never any traffic <laughs> that was out there at a range of uh, probably 300, 400 yards. And Sandy Valley was perfect. And the fellow was good enough to say, you pick out any lot you want, Bo, and uh, it's yours uh, for free. So I settled in here. It's my dream I put in the concrete in the foundation of my little house. And uh, 
my wife at the time added nightmare <laughs> because for women there's no piggly wiggly uh there's no place to get your hair done uh you got to drive 100 miles for gas and all this kind of stuff and for men it's absolutely wonderful a lot of dust around but the families that live out here are either uh retired uh, they are like me they want to be away they have reasons to be out of the public uh, eye and uh, or they're just poor. This is the this where the train. You know how you kind of get to the end of the line, and there's a bunch of railroad ties at the end of the tracks. That's it. <laughs> so Sandy Valley is kind of it. <laughs> this is uh, where the train tracks stop. So when a uh, a man who was raised, and you know what's so cute about this family. You talk about uh, Disney and love affairs. Uh, This man was born in Oceanside, California, which is a beautiful area uh, just to the north and along the beach uh, from San Diego. I've flown over it many, many times. Uh, There's a a very high-frequency omnidirectional radio range there. Then Palomar is a little airport that I've landed at many times. And uh, his uh, wife and he grew up together. They were born there in Oceanside. And when they were four years old, Dennis asked Pipa to be his bride, to marry him. And so they were friends from the time that Pipa was born. And uh, they have uh, three just absolute angels for children. The little three-year-old boy looks like a beautician curled his hair in the tightest possible curls all over his head. And like me, they'll probably have to give him shots when he goes to public school because he's, uh, he's, his RPMs are redlined. Now, the little girl is in the second grade, and then... Uh, young Andy, uh, he's in kindergarten. This young family, all of a sudden, is without uh, a husband, without a father. Uh, and in Sandy Valley, a lot of people say you got to go 100 miles over a mountain pass and down the other side uh, to get any kind of work and lost wages. Lost wages has got 20% unemployed. And so most people just kind of make a living around uh, the valley. And so that was uh, the case with Dennis. And, uh, you know, to get out of the hospital, uh, be looking around, uh, wondering if your feet are still on the ground and if you're vertical. My side was uh, aching like there was a spear uh, embedded in it. And uh, then to see this kind of trouble, I thought I wanted, uh, I knew I uh, had a duty to come back on the radio, but, you know, somebody has got to meet with these bureau rats. There is a crime that is going on. You hear about the uh, crimes of having white uh, or female slaves, young people for slaves, 
that are captured as children and then uh, they're made to uh, you know do things uh, and this kind of stuff. Well, there's something that's equal to slavery, I think. And you hear about kidnapping. Well, when someone has the remains of uh, your most beloved one, and they say, until the bill is paid in full, we have not another word to say. And when the the wife, in this case, Piper, is saying, I just want to see my husband. You know, can I just see him? And they say, uh, he is in central uh, refrigeration, and there will be no further action taken until your bill is paid in full. And she gets up and walks out. Now, it wouldn't be so bad, except the main room is filled primarily with minority groups who have lost loved ones uh, through only God knows. There's no line. There's no checklist. It's just a gang. The only reason that we got in that room is because I uh, identified what looked like a person that might work there and jumped on him, and uh, he agreed. I didn't have to hurt him anymore. Uh, he didn't know my side was aching so much. And so he put us in this side room, and this woman came in and made these demands. I said, you know, this is ransom. This is kidnapping. This is extortion. This woman has nothing. And yet you're saying that she nor her children can have the remains so they can be properly buried until the bill is paid in full. And this uh, lady representing a memorial, a desert memorial funeral home says, that's right. And then I said, well, could you please, maybe we can whittle this thing down somehow. Because the bill was $3,800 and change. And so the lady sat down, and she started itemizing. And the first number on the list was $550. And I said, ma'am, can you explain to me what this is? And it read off-site chapel. And she said, well, you're not using our chapel to conduct the funeral service. So there's a premium charge of $550. Not for using a facility, but because you're not using it. And then I said, well, uh, what's this next thing? She said, well, that's $300 for delivery of uh, the casket and the remains. And I said, $300? I said, what if if I uh, come by and pick up uh, the casket in my truck? And she said, well, uh, you can tell me. I said, what if we get some people out there together? Well, we got talent in Sandy Valley. It's just uh, identifying it that uh, can make the uh, the casket. And she said, well, if you're going to do all this stuff yourself, she said, here is. And, you know, it was only like uh, $300 less. And I said, so, <laughs> ma'am, tell me, please. How does any human being who has 
who doesn't have a fat wallet or a bank account or uh, a big uh, thing on your charge card. How? And she said, we have nothing else to talk about. When the bill is paid in full, then we'll talk about the next steps. Got up and walked out. Gee, many. Do you know this lady who's about 25, her three little children, how long would it take her when her husband was the bread maker to get a job to work to pay off 3800 bucks. I mean, it is criminal. It is like and they capture uh, that. They kidnap. It's like Mexico, where they kidnap you, and then they want to ransom you back. It's like Afghanistan, Iraq. It is. What is the difference? Saying until, I mean, this could be, the uh, Al-Qaeda could be the Taliban speaking. Until you have paid the ransom in full, we have nothing to talk about. You can't see him. You can't touch him. We won't even talk about him. And finally, whatever you do, they really have nothing to sell. So you come up with $3,800, and then they say, oh, okay, uh, We'll deliver him. Well, the good news about Sandy Valley is that uh, the grave, you know, the plot is free. Uh, you just have to have it dug. And so friends uh, today are out uh, digging a plot. And I got so uh, irritated. You know, there's something about uh, being a... Uh, a combat vet of years of sleeping on the ground that causes uh, this rage that you keep uh, locked away when you are attacking children, especially, and defenseless people. You know, my motto is the oppresso liber. We liberate the oppressed. The reason I live is to help those who cannot help themselves. And so uh, here's this woman, uh, and I, I can feel this rage beginning to come through. The bottom line is that we left there. Uh, the bill is paid. We're going forward uh, with a funeral. But I want you to think about yourself, think what would happen today if by misadventure, by uh, automobile accident, I mean, uh, look at me, one uh, second, I'm vertical, uh, thinking, uh, you know, busy thoughts, all the things I have to do, and the next second, I'm not here. And uh, yet, you know, I come back, and according to all of the electronical, chemical, uh, medical, they say, geez, Bo, uh, you seem fit to us. We don't know where you go.
or who's got you, or how long they're going to hold on to you. Uh, but you're back. Think, though, what would happen? And uh, I, 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 I tell you, I spend a lot of time in prayer trying to find answers to some of these things. I remember something that happened in Vietnam when uh, I see children maimed and killed. Uh, it does something to me. And I quit believing in God for about a second. I just screamed in my soul, why? Why did these things happen? And I was blaming God. And the Holy Spirit uh, is uh, is very, very kind, spoke to me. I know you may think I'm crazy, but it happens. Not a lot, but it's happened uh, on a few occasions. And said, uh, this hurts me more than you. I mean, I'm quoting. I'll never forget these words. They're emblazoned uh, in my mind. Uh, this is not my war. This is your war. And then the key point was, you must understand that innocence must suffer, that the guilty may be punished. So I don't know whether Piper and her little family uh, had to endure uh, now what is uh, ongoing so that uh, places like these damnable funeral homes, now I know, I hear you, you need somebody that can prepare, you need uh, you know people that sell caskets, uh, you need uh, maybe, you know, if you're indigent, the chapels. Uh, but when they charge you over $500 because you don't use their chapel, <laughs> now that's criminal. So uh, there, I just uh, told uh, Pipa and uh, the family, I said, listen, we got to get out of here. I mean, I, I'm like a, a hand grenade. I said, we got to get out of here. And uh, this bill, uh, we pay it in full, and we let God uh, handle uh, the insensitivity, of the criminal uh, conduct of people who will ransom out the remains of loved ones, uh, especially to the poor. And... Uh, I'm going to have to take a little bit of a pause uh, coming up here. i got a lot of news that I need to share with you. But this, of course, uh, has uh, just boiled to the top of my mind. I have to share it uh, because people that uh, don't have uh, near-death experiences, people that don't lose loved ones like right now, maybe uh, they're not thinking. Maybe they're thinking just about uh, the gaiety of Christmas and uh, the last-minute shopping they have to do. Think what happens if all of a sudden uh, you now are not there and you or a loved one of yours now has to be uh, tended to so that they can have a civilized, a, uh, a decent burial. And, and and investigate into it. I mean, you will find that 
one of the largest criminal uh, syndications, I think, is this uh, consortium that runs uh, these funeral homes. All right, I'm going to give you a little pause. I'll be right back. Kindly stay right where you are with American Voice Radio. I'll get right down to the news, I promise, as soon as we come back. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's what an expert says about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, virus, pesticides or lead you get nothing but h2o maximum health dr robert d willis jr md order your tabletop water distiller for 139.99 post paid it comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com that's Superstore.TheAmericanVoice.com. Order now. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you- 
would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Uh, like O'Reilly, 
and Hannity. And I see the amount of money that is paid, and I see that, you know, they have this one ax that they're grinding, and you may say, well, Bo, you are not for, don't ask, uh, I mean, I am for uh, keeping the law, uh, but you're not for uh, gays uh, openly serving in the military. No, I'm not. And by the way, let me jump and uh, get right into that, because the uh, there's a vote that might be going on right now as we speak on this don't ask, don't tell. Uh, it is in the House. Now, I'm going to explain it uh, once again, because it's not really easy to understand. The House of Representatives is now voting on don't ask, don't tell, repeal that 17-year law that Congress passed that says you cannot serve openly as a homosexual. You can be in the service, you can be homosexual, but you don't advertise it. And people don't interrogate you about it. And I've been a military commander and uh, I understand. I didn't go around asking people they were homosexual. And when I found that they were, I did wrong. The Army regulations say you summarily remove them from service. You kick them out. And instead, what I did, it's just the way God put me together. It's why... Special Forces saved me. If I'd have been in the regular army, I would have a regular army officer, but if I would have been in, you know, just the Munduki Askari, Swahili for, uh, you know, for grunt, for soldier, I'd have never made it. I don't like regulations. I like doing what is righteous at the time. And so at the time, I listened to these men who were homosexual, and it had come out. And instead of just saying, Sergeant Major, uh, give them their... Now, I have said that to the Sergeant Major. In some cases, I've said, Sergeant Major, give them their walking papers and get him out of here. Don't let the sun set without this man uh, being processed and on his way out of the military. But in other cases... I have counseled, listened, and I have. they have promised me that they would never do it again. And I've, I've got a heart for this kind of thing. I did wrong. I should have thrown them out of the military. Because what they did is they don't tell the truth. Now, you may say, well, now, Bo, you can't say that about everybody. That's true. But do you know something? When it's consistent... Then you think it's different that when people tell me, uh, Colonel, uh, please, uh, you know, let me stay in the Army. Uh, I will never, I swear to you, I put my hand on my mother's grave. I'll never, ever, ever do this again. It's not, they can't do it. And I understand uh, about homosexuality. And I understand that in most cases, it's probably not their fault. But do you know something? They are like 
a person with smoking or coffee drinking or doping uh, or gambling or uh, whoring or whatever else you get addicted to. They end up because it is they they are worldly. They are living in the world. This is the appetite. This is the attraction. And so they lie. They don't tell the truth. And I have been sorry because, you see, they don't stop. And now it's up to another commander. And another commander. Well, I guess what we thank God that we do have people that follow regulations. Anyway, the House is voting today on don't ask, don't tell. Now, they're going to pass it. Then it goes to the Senate. Now, it's up until the 18th, and I think Congress has pretty well got it in mind that they're, I know Obama's headed uh, for Hawaii. And so we're looking at uh, three days here. The House will turn it over to the Senate. The Senate would have to pass it. And then they'd have to reconcile the House bill and the Senate bill so that it's exactly punctuation, spelling, phraseology, everything, the same. Then they uh, vote up if there's any changes. They have to vote on it again if there's any changes. And then it goes with both House and the Senate uh, passing. It goes to the president to be signed into law. Well, 18th, Obama, you know, is heading for Hawaii. It's Christmas. Well, you can't say Christmas in the White House, but it's, uh, you know, it's the season. And so he's going to take off and go to uh, Hawaii and uh, wouldn't have anything uh, as important as our military stand in the way. You know what is interesting? God bless the United States Marine Corps. Now, the real Marines, I love them all. There's a lot of wannabe Marines that are full of stories that uh, if you've been in combat, you can tell in about five seconds, you know, whether uh, this uh, is a gas bag or whether this is a real thing. I went down as a young man, hard as woodpecker lips, to join the Marine Corps, because as a good Oki, uh, I wanted to be in the toughest, roughest. I wanted to be a paramarine, and I didn't know but They didn't even have paramarines uh, when I went down in the 50s to join the Marine Corps. The sergeant was out to lunch. I would have been in the Marine Corps and a, and a survivor of Quezon, which was a major Marine Corps battle over in Vietnam as the war was closing out. Uh, the enemy almost overran Quezon. A sergeant who survived that said, you know, Colonel, if that Marine Corps recruiting uh, sergeant would have been uh, in and you'd have joined the Marine Corps, you'd be brain dead by now, and the government wouldn't have to worry about you being such a problem. Well, I told him, I said, I take that as a compliment, Sarge, you know, coming from you being a survivor of Quezon. 
I love young Marines. I love the idea, duty, honor, country. And do you know what the Marine Corps Commandant has done? The Marine Corps Commandant has said no to this serving openly as homosexuals in the military. The Marine Corps Commandant says, I oppose getting rid of this law that was passed by Congress. He says, I'm worried about my Marines. You know, most of the Marines, uh, unlike, it takes usually, the number is eight, and they, they change it. You know, it goes back and forth. Uh, I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's either seven, eight, or nine uh, support, service support people to every combatant, everybody that's on the tip of the bayonet. you got seven, eight, or nine guys back there that's taking care of the paperwork, uh, the boots, and the beans, uh, and uh, the, the bombs, stuff like this. Well... Uh, most of the Marines, uh, that's really not the case. They got a much higher rate of fighters. And I love the Marine Corps Commandant. Now, a lot of times uh, they do things that you know, make me think, what in the world are they thinking with or about? But this time, the Marine Corps Commandant has hit it right square on the nose. He said, I'm worried about my Marines. I'm opposed to all of this. Now, what does Gates know? Secretary, a Republican appointed by Obama because he just couldn't appoint any more czars into jobs like the Secretary of Defense. Anyway, Gates says he supports it. Gates has lied. I don't like Gates anymore. Gates has lied in saying that this will not cause any problem to the military. You know, that is, and the numbers that the media got were administrative-type surveys. These are the guys who are in service support. These are people who uh, don't, uh, haven't, and are not likely to go hand-to-glend in combat. The combat soldiers are the percentage is 90% oppose this. I mean, what is this business about being openly uh, homosexual in the military? What does that mean, that when you're openly heterosexual, you uh, wear it on your T-shirt or something? I mean, whatever happened to just serving? And that's the whole idea, don't ask, don't tell. You can serve, be a soldier, be an administrator, be a mechanic, be an infantryman. Just keep your, uh, your, so your, whatever your lifestyle is to yourself. And don't, uh, you know, press it on anybody else, especially in the military where they, you know, may take offense to it. But no, we have this society today of this special interest and it is the special interest of every civilization that has crashed and burned and i mean literally what do you think sodom and gomorrah was about 
It was about homosexuality out of control. And they were destroyed by fire and brimstone. You can still go to that area and bring back brimstone. People have, and I've got samples of it myself. Now, let me mention, and so the House votes today. The Senate will get it probably tomorrow. But uh, will they make it? And then, you know, this is a lame duck. These people are gone. These are Democrats. They're still the ones that are in office. Well, it all everybody that we voted on in November, they don't take over until January 2nd. So in January 2nd, they're going to probably reverse a lot of stuff anyway. So what's the big deal about this? Do you know, the last time I talked to you, the death toll in Iraq was 1,423 American men and women killed in action. Do you know, that's the last time I talked to you. The death toll today, just before the program, 1,435. That's 12 more than it was when I left here for a while. My God. Now the number, total number is 5,865. When are we going to extract our head and wipe clear our eyes and see there is nothing right now, not 93% of the world's heroin, not uh, the Taliban, which we put in over there to keep them from going tribal after we ran the Russians out. There's nothing worth 5,865 of our best. So Marine Corps Commandant, I salute you, sir, and I cry out, and I pain for all the families of the 5,865 who have sacrificed all for what, and they admit, I'm listening to O'Reilly last night, I'm driving back from uh, putting a brochure together you know, for the funeral, and Um, And so Riley was on the radio, and he is, uh, you know, talking about uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And he says, well, we all know that George Bush uh, has uh, recognized the fact that uh, uh, there wasn't any weapons of mass destruction, and so we shouldn't have ever been over there. Well, what are we doing there? I mean, are we going to wait until we say that we hear uh, Rush Limbaugh or Hannity or somebody say, well, uh, you know, uh, we really shouldn't have got involved in that Afghanistan. And there are thousands of young Americans that are being buried under protest of these people that come from this uh, so-called, it's not a real Baptist church, 
you know, where they uh, protest all the GIs and the government and the soldiers. Gee, many Christmas. What has our nation come to? You know, they have, they're having anti-Christ parades in some towns. Do you know that the great state of Tennessee, look at the great people that have come from Tennessee. The school, the state school superintendent is warning the schools, don't say Christmas. Oh, <laughs> how stupid are we? You know, we got a, a couple of acronyms in the military. One of them is called uh, Bohica, and uh, it means bend over, here it comes again. Now, how dumb are we that you can't say Christmas? Get out of town. Who are these educators? Who are these school people? Great state of Tennessee? I'm worried. But, you know, it's all, it's all a sign of the times. And so this, by the way, in Bedford, uh, New Hampshire, uh, they've got a book that they're uh, signing now is required. Reading is called Nickel and Dime. And it refers to Jesus the Christ as a wine-guzzling socialist. Now, the head of the school district says, well, we recognize that there are some shortcomings, but we feel the merits outweigh them. The merits? Some book that is so stupid? You know, we have 310,900,000 people that are legal in America, most of them Christians. Now, what is it? What, what are we doing when we are being tolerant, when we compromise? You know, I wonder. I think Jefferson was the founder who said that uh, he feared, he wondered, you know, what allows this nation uh, to go on. Whoa. Well, uh, it is in the hands of the community. Bedford, New Hampshire. That I would have... Uh, if I'd never been charged, and it took them 42 months to prosecute, persecute me up there in Connecticut, I would not have for certain known about New England. But I had 42 months to spend up there in New England, uh, and I learned that the people of New England are patriots. You know, I would walk in, for example, to Boston Logan Airport, and to get on an airplane uh, to come back uh, to Nevada, and one of the stewardess would, would recognize me, and I've been upgraded to first class, just, you know, those girls standing around and saying, oh, hi, Colonel Grice, let us give you uh, this upgrade. They are patriotic there. So I am just wondering... Why do we think that it is necessary to 
compromise with extremists. We talk about uh, the jihadists being extremists. Don't you think that you can't say the word Christian a Christmas? It, doesn't that kind of make you feel creepy a little bit? Like, I mean, what is this, the Gestapo? Well, here's a sign. They did a survey. They actually surveyed 40,000 teenagers, and they found out that more of them are smoking marijuana than are smoking cigarettes. And because the adults have considered legalizing marijuana in certain areas of the United States, the kids have thought there's nothing wrong you know, with marijuana. Well, I can tell you right off the top of my head, one thing that marijuana does uh, either to or for you is it mellows you out. I have watched the cutting edge. It's like taking a razor-sharp bayonet and then scraping it blade down against the curbing of concrete until uh, it you couldn't cut uh, soft butter with it. And that's kind of what I see in, in people. I'm used to dealing with special forces. I'm used to dealing with people who make the impossible routine. I want to see that high RPM. I want to see that spirit. And with somebody on marijuana, that's not the kind of person that's going to fall out. They, maybe they can stand up. So there are things that should be considered before uh, we got more teenagers. I'm glad they're not smoking as much, but I'm not glad. By the way, Mark uh, Zuckerberg, Z-U-K-E-R-B-E-R-G, I guess. Mark Zuckerberg, he's the guy that come up with his Facebook. Yeah, there are 500 million people on Facebook. Anyway, he is the man of the year, Time Magazine. And so... Uh, I don't know if there's anybody any more important. You know, they made uh, the communist leader, Mikhail Gorbachev, he was man, well, he was man of the decade for Time, for time Magazine. All right, guys, uh, I'm back. I don't know how, for how long, but I'm back now, and uh, I hope to be with you tomorrow. So please stay tuned to American Voice Radio. And... Uh, Support the champions of America. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today. But only three when the Green Beret train to live. Nature's land Trained in combat Hand to hand Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Condition Critical Show. Hmm, okay. That was, uh, I heard a noise there. Let me see what I got going on. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Condition Critical Show, I said that. This is my live show for Thursday, guys, the second day of June 2016. It's now five minutes past the two o'clock hour, and 
As you all may or may not know, I'm located out here in the state of Washington. And you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Get a couple things out of the way. You can go to the American Voice Radio.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com, which is the website for this network. And there's a lot of things here you can do. You can get into the chat room and uh, participate in the show. I have a website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. You should visit that as well. I have a blog there. posted several new posts on there since we last spoke, actually. I think you will enjoy them. Check them out. Check out my blog, ConditionCriticalShow.com. Also, two donate links, guys. There's one attached to my blog. If you scroll down on the right-hand side, you will see a donate button. If you wouldn't mind clicking that, as I like to say, anything would help to keep the lights on. More importantly, please go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and donate $5, because I'm sure Frank would appreciate it, and so would I. All right, let's just get on with some things. Uh, I got some things I want to talk about that basically carry over from yesterday that I didn't get to. But, hey, you know, news happens. Uh, rather rapidly in today's environment. So there's a couple new things that I want to talk about, and I'm going to do that first. Uh, first, though, I have to kind of get this out of the way. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I, I got a pretty radical thought here, and I'm going to just kind of present it to you guys, and, you know, don't, uh, don't be too harsh on me. I mean, don't consider me to be like half of a whack job, okay? So just, just brace yourself, and because this is a radical thought, and that is uh, I'm beginning to think now, I know this is radical, but I'm beginning to think that this whole gun control thing, I'm, I'm just, I'm beginning to think that it's, it's, not, it's not working out. I know, I know that's a radical thought, and, and just bear with me, though. Talked about New York City last week, you know, pretty strict gun control measures there, at a rap concert. Now, I mean, you know, a rap concert. I mean, you got, you got some thug, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, rap groups or whatever, and rival gangs and all that. So kind of maybe, you know, to be expected that there, was go- that there was going to be a gun battle, and there was. But my point is that they have strict gun control measures in New York City, and it's unbelievable that that happened. Talked about Chicago yesterday. I mean, Chicago is like the wild, wild west. I mean, they just can't control people there. It's just out of control, which I don't understand because they have very, very, very strict gun control. And now, lo and behold, we got to move out to California here. Not on the West Coast, and as everybody knows, uh, California is famous or infamous, if you will, as for their gun control measures. And so I'm a little bit perplexed. I'm a little bit confused. I'm a little bit troubled, actually. Uh, there was a shooting. And see, here's the thing. And there wasn't just you know a shooting somewhere, like at a jack-in-the-box or at a Kmart or a Walmart. There was actually a shooting on a college campus. So there's two things here. It's another radical thought. So, so I've already established that I don't believe gun control is working out too well. Barbara Boxer and Diane Feinstein and, and, and Jerry Brown and Gavin Newsom, you bunch of morons. Are you, do you hear you hearing me? I'm speaking basically directly to you, not just the people of California. I'm speaking to the politicians there. But you people that live there, you need to listen up and you need to get rid of those politicians because they're, they're putting your lives in danger. Because not only do they have strict gun control measures, I mean, it's kind of twofold this. This happened on a college campus where that is a gun-free zone. So how in the heck does this guy get onto campus with a gun? It just doesn't make any sense to me. The only thing I can figure is that, is that gun-free zones don't work, and neither do gun control measures. Okay? 
and I'm not going to read from the article. I mean, the guy went in and he had a kill list and, you know, he was determined, whatever, had a grudge, did whatever, half of a whack job, whatever, and killed a couple of people and, you know, caused the state of panic, uh, actually. But I do want to read from this article. This is, this is, uh, it, 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 it kind of corresponds, it, and it's related to the shooting there. This is from USA Today, and the headline is, UCLA students struggled with unlocked doors during shooting. This is the whole shelter-in-place thing. You know, this is the whole go hide, in a, go hide in a closet or go hide under a desk. You know, something really ridiculous. I mean, these are grown, these are adults. These are supposed to be adults. I mean, I know they're in college, and we know what they teach people in college and how they're brainwashing them. But still, there. You know, you would think that you know, being an adult, or, okay, I know uh, that you would have better sense and maybe uh, find other means to protect yourself. In the minutes after a fatal shooting at a UCLA engineering building, panicked students seeking a safe place to hide used belts, cords, and other items to try and secure doors they said did not lock. Oh my God! With rumors swirling that there could be as many as four shooters. Senior Daphne Ying, 21, and others struggled to secure a door that swings out into the hallway of the building. They tied one end of a long cord to the doorknob and the other end to a chair bolted to the floor. Three male students stood near the door to pull it shut in case someone tried to get in. How brave. How brave of them. All of us were really scared and nervous, Ying said. We barely spoke. Engineering student, well, can't pronounce her name. It's some Indian name, like a uh, 7-Eleven Indian. Uh... Let's just call her uh, Punjai. Engineering student Punjai, uh, she was in a design class, and let's see here. The class was ending across from the engineering building where students got a text alert. So they get text alerts. Hey, a gunman on campus, I guess that's what it says, uh, to shelter in place. She and others retreated to the classroom and quickly realized the doors didn't lock. Oops. Doors opened outward with no lock, so we had to improvise our own locking mechanism, the 22-year-old Indian student tweeted. Wow. So they're, so what are they doing? They're updating their social media now uh, while there's a gun battle going on or, or something here? Tweeted? See how ridiculous these platforms are? Whatever. She said one clearly shaken student grabbed his belt and looped it in a figure eight around the door handle and a handrail, then placed a water bottle inside a loop to keep it taut. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And some people are describing these students as being MacGyverish. Remember that TV show MacGyver? He, you know, he could like take a piece of thread and, you know, like a like a, a used match or something, and you know, construct it into like a sailboat or something, or like a bow and arrow. I don't know. MacGyver. I guess that's MacGyverish. Yeah. All right, about two hours later, students learned that the shooting had been a murder-suicide. They claimed the lives of two men and was confined to one office. Students posted photos and videos of the makeshift security on social media, sparking questions over safety on campus. This is no joke, guys. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here's a picture of it. It's it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. You, You should Google it and see the picture. Wow. That's unbelievable. Okay. Scott Wall. An executive vice chancellor and provost at the school told reporters that university officials were troubled by some of the reports of unlocked doors. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. I'm guessing they're going to get sued here pretty quickly. And I bet you some of them sued these students right now are at a lawyer somewhere, and they're going to get, you know, sue the school for, I don't know, mental stress. We'll review the locks on the doors and any security issue 
that has arisen in the course of the day, uh, Wall said. Security issues, well, let's see. You let a guy on campus with a gun, which though it's supposed to be a gun-free zone, not to mention California has some of the you know strictest gun control measures in the world. Okay, so, uh, and you're going to do what? Now you're going to review your security uh, measures. I don't know what there is to need to secure. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm confused. It's a gun-free zone, and it's, there's probably signs everywhere on campus. Everywhere on campus. Uh, you know, with it posted that it's a gun-free zone. And another thing that California has, this is kind of unique to California, is called 1,000 feet of a school. Or even if you have, even if you're legally, now see, it's an open carry state, California is, but you have to, your, your weapon has to be unloaded, which doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. It's, it's called unloaded uh, concealed carry, or open carry. But even legally, okay, you know, say you're illegal and you can, you're, you know, not a felon, whatever, and you, you can carry a sidearm or whatever. You can't come within a thousand feet of a school. I mean, how does that work? I mean, if you inadvertently now look, and it's happened to people, maybe they inadvertently they're just walking down a street and they they have no idea. Maybe that that's a school over there, uh, nine hundred you know eighty seven feet away, and they get in trouble, a lot of trouble for that. So, yeah, they got a lot of uh, a lot of gun control down there, guys, and apparently uh, it's not working. So I just wanted to share that with you this afternoon. It's just another example of how gun control simply does not work. Now, I know that there are going to be, you know, cries of more gun control, and you're going to have the Diane Feinsteins and that witch and Barbara Boxer. Haven't heard much from her, though, lately, old Barbara Boxer. I don't know what's going on with her. Uh, but Diane Feinstein is a mainstay in, in, the, in the Senate, and she's not going anywhere, quietly at least. And, you know, I don't even know why I'm talking about it, it's, 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 it's redundant and it gets old. I don't know why people keep electing someone like Dianne Feinstein. She's clearly a moron. She's inept. She's ineffective. And it's just unbelievable that, that someone like a Dianne Feinstein, but look, there, there are a whole bunch of, the Senate's are full of Dianne Feinstein. You, know, you got Chuck Schumer, you got Harry Reid, uh, and you have people on the Republican side. They're just, they're there. They're just like, and they ain't going anywhere, Okay. We need to change our system, guys. We need to get these people out of there. People need to come to their senses, and and that's about all I got to say on that. Okay, let's move on. Uh, there was something I wanted to go over yesterday because I was talking a bit about globalism yesterday uh, at, at the depths that they the, these guys are going to, you know, secure, you know, their ivory tower and to secure the the globalist, uh, you know, structure, if you will. And let me find it here. Uh, hold on. You guys heard of Stephen Hawking? He's that, uh, where is he here? Where's the, Stephen Hawking. He is the, uh, he's that dude that is, here it is. He's a so-called physicist. Now I have my own, uh, opinion on Stephen Hawking. I mean, if you look at the guy and he's pathetic and I'm not trying to make fun of him. He's, he's, you know, he's severely handicapped and he just is. Uh, but I find it a little odd that he's like this brilliant genius type guy and he can't talk, but he has a computer that does it for him and, and he does all this thing. And that's just a crazy old theory of mine is that he's just a hoax and that, you know, these, you know, this computer and all this stuff that he has that is supposedly helping him talk is just somebody doing it for him. And they put him out there as, as just some kind of a, 
you know, some kind of a prop or something like that. Okay. Now I know that's kind of far-fetched and I just kind of rolled that around in my head last couple of days. Okay. Cause it just doesn't really make any sense to me, but lo and behold, they're parading Stephen Hawking out there uh, to kind of help, you know, keep their, you know, globalist agenda uh, moving forward. And the headline, this is out of Politico. And it's unbelievable. The headline is physicist Stephen Hawking. He's bewildered by Trump. That's the headline. For Stephen Hawking, the world-renowned expert in theoretical physics and cosmology, or cos, yeah, cosmology, uh, the success of Donald Trump's presidential campaign is a mystery. Hawking called Trump a demagogue who seems to appeal to the lowest common denominator during an appearance on the United Kingdom's ITV network. That's what he said. Never heard of the ITV network, but again, this is over in the U.K., uh, let me fire up the rest of this article here. Give it a second. Yeah, here it is. Uh, in addition to his scientific work. Okay, come on. In addition to his scientific work, Hawking, who has a slow progressing form of ALS, is a vocal advocate for individuals with disabilities. Trump drew criticism late last year on the campaign trail when he appeared to mock a New York Times reporter with a disability at a rally in South Carolina. Trump later denied mocking the reporter and said he had never met him. He also, now this is my own, uh, he, he made fun of Charles Krauthammer, too, or something like that, about he can't put his pants on or some kind of whatever. And I didn't even know Charles Krauthammer was handicapped, but I guess he is. He's an idiot anyway, so it's okay to make fun of Charles Krauthammer. That guy is a complete buffoon. Let me get down to the more, uh, uh, what is the point I wanted to make here with Stephen Hawking. During the same television appearance, here it is, Hawking urged British voters to vote in favor of keeping the U.K. in the European Union. The much-discussed Brit-X vote is scheduled for June 23rd, and a vote to leave the EU would cost Great Britain in terms of its economy, national security, and scientific research. And that's what he said. And here's another quote from Stephen Hawking. Gone are the days we can stand on our own against the world, he said. We need to be part of a larger group of nations, both for our security and our trade. Now, do you really think he said that? Do you really think he thought that and said that? Uh, really? Do you really think that Stephen Hawking said that? That's ridiculous. Of course he didn't say that. Somebody said that for him. That's straight-up propaganda. I'll say it again. We need to be part of a larger group of nations, both for our security and our trade. Well, how's that working out for us, guys? How's that working out for any of us, guys? I mean, forget the U.K. How's it working out for America, being part of a larger group of nations. It ain't working out for us very well, is it? Okay, that is evident. That is evident. I don't understand how people don't understand this. That's what I wanted to point out to you. Actually, let's see here. Yep, that's actually the end of the article. They kind of end it with that quote. Not very much in the article. Again, I believe it's just, uh, you know, just propaganda. He's just a he's just a prop, and they sent him out there, and and you know you know because he's handicapped and he looks pathetic, and people are gonna well they're gonna feel sorry for him, and he's just so smart, you know. And boy, we we should really listen to that moron Stephen Hawking, you know. That's something else handicapped people think is that they they think oh just uh, see just because I'm handicapped you you can't insult me and you can't make fun of me and you can't criticize me. Ah, uh, wrong, wrong. That's no, sorry. Uh, everybody's fair game when you when you. <laughs> You know, when you place yourself, you know, in the, in the public eye, you know, and you go out and say wacky things. Now, again, with him, I don't believe he's really saying it, but, I mean, that's the perception. 
when you do that. You're an, you're an, you're an open target, man, uh, right? You're an open target. I mean, otherwise, I guess we just all should just, you know, claim a disability, you know, where people could feel sorry for, for us, right? But no, that's not the way the world works. There you go. Something else I wanted to kind of was a carryover for yesterday. And this is kind of unbelievable too, guys. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's like these policies that these politicians, you know, come up with and, and, and they don't work and then they keep them, right? And it doesn't matter. You just pick one, gun control or uh, just, just pick one, okay? Now, here's one. You know what? You know that, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> I got to laugh. Uh, just the headline will make you laugh. This is from NPR. Mayor of Paris announces plans to temporarily house migrants. Now, and they got a picture of her, and I'll get to her name. I'll get to some of the article here in a second. But, you know, didn't they just have like a, a so-called terrorist attack over in Paris at some Starbucks and some whack job Muslim savage, you know, with a bunch of TNT strapped to his back or whatever and blew up a, was it the, an airport or whatever, right? And they got all kinds of problems over there otherwise, you know, or in addition to that happening, right? They just do. It's always in the news. I mean, they got what they call no-go zones in, in uh, France. They have them in Britain as well. But I'm speaking of France now specifically. They have these, like, no-go zones where the, the cops just tell people, French nationals, that you can't go there. Don't go there. It's Muslim. Uh, those are Muslim neighborhoods. And the Muslims actually have these neighborhoods cordoned off. It's unbelievable. They got little plebiscites, actually, within Paris, the Muslims do, thanks to the uh, French uh, uh, government and the European Union uh, or orchestration there. So here's the mayor of Paris. Again, the headline is she's going she's gonna to what? Temporarily house migrants. The mayor of Paris announced Tuesday that she plans to build a camp for migrants and refugees in the north of France's capital. You know, I wonder what the people up in the north of France's capital think about that. I just wonder. Mayor Annie Hidalgo said the camp, the camp's exact location would be would be determined in the next few days, and that the facility would be set up within the next six weeks. The BBC reported, "Quote: Paris will not stand by and do nothing as the Mediterranean becomes a graveyard of refugees." Hidalgo said in a news conference, according to the Guardian, UN officials fear hundreds of migrants may have died in shipwrecks in the Mediterranean over the past week alone. Oh well, I mean, oh well, that's too bad. You know, too bad for them, right? Let's see here. The BBC noted, yes, yeah, okay. The Associated Press reports that Hidalgo had previously sparked controversy in Paris with a plan to open a homeless shelter near a chic neighborhood. Whatever. The mayor says her proposed migrant camp would offer dignity to migrants and refugees, the AP says. The socialist mayor said several times she hopes that the state will be a partner in the project, which she said must conform to international norms for refugees. She said Parisians have a humane duty to help the have-not travelers, adding that she's confident the Paris population will be at our side. I kind of doubt that. I mean, I kind of doubt that they will. But you're, never, you're not going to hear that, though. I mean, yeah, they're, you know, they'll get somebody for the camera, you know, some actor or some, you know, whack job lunatic, you know, that'll get, you know, they'll, they'll get like an, they'll, you know, kind of put out there as like, oh, here's an everyday average Parisian, right? And it'll be some college female or something like that. And with tears and, oh, it's just so, it's just so bad. Those poor people and whatever, but that's really not the case. That's really not the case. I'm guessing that the vast majority of Parisians, okay. And the vast majority of 
the citizens of France think this is a bad idea. And, and look, it's one of the reasons why there's this, I believe, why there's this, you know, so-called uh, push. No, and it's, there is a push for, the, for, for Britain to leave the European Union because they're sick of stuff like this. Those people over there are, you know, and they're a little bit further ahead than we are over here as far as, you know, we're catching up, though, as far as the whole, uh, you know, uh, globalist kind of scheme goes. People are, you know, kind of figuring it out, and, you know, they, they don't want this anymore, you know. They, they want control of their own countries. They want control of their own cities and towns and neighborhoods. They don't want their politicians acting, you know, independently or unilaterally uh, with, with other uh, countries against the will of, of them, they're, they're the people. I mean, that, to me, that just makes sense, though. You know, to me, that just makes sense. You know, why would you collaborate with someone else against the will of your own people? Well, you would only do that if you're a traitor or a piece of garbage or both or all three, right? Let's see. Squinting to look at the time. I have a little bit of time before the break. I know, guys, it's like every day, you know, every week you come on here and, you know, the news is bad and I wish I could you know, talk about, you know, other things, but all of the issues, everything that is going on needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed openly and in a, in a, and in a strong opinionated way because people are sick and tired of their governments pushing them around. Hey, you know, you had this, uh, and I'll get into this after the break. You had the, the, the whole, uh, what was it down there in Southern Oregon? The whole, uh, uh, you know, the Cl- Clive and Bundy's people and all that, the whole, you know, BLM fiasco going on. Remember that was going on down there in Southern Oregon? Here's a headline. Utah sheriffs threatened to arrest rangers, not Army rangers, uh, U- uh, U.S., uh, U.S., like forest rangers, if they try to close public lands. Now, I'm going to read from this uh, after the break, but I just wanted to set it up. And, you know, they're, gonna, they're gonna, going to be in this article. They're kind of specifically talking about one sheriff. And you know what? Uh, you're going to like this guy. Uh, but you know what? At the same time, he's just doing his job. I mean, he, he's just doing what's supposed to be done, you know. So it's not like extraordinary. I, I know it's, it's going to sound extraordinary or sound, you know, so and like, wow, that's fantastic and that's amazing. But really, it's not. You know, really, it's not. He, that's what sheriffs are supposed to do. You know, that's what they're supposed to do, what he's doing down there. And this is in Utah. Okay. So, again, it's not like extraordinary. Yeah, I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad that there are some sheriffs out there that actually are doing their job, unlike that punk uh, down there in southern Oregon, okay, who, by the way, sent a SWAT team to my house because I was calling down there wanting information on the murder of uh, LaVoy Finnegan. That's right. I guess you guys remember that. And I kind of let that drop uh, to keep the peace there. Uh, But yeah, just making phone calls down to a sheriff's office in Southern Oregon. Uh, They sent a SWAT team. I hear the music, guys. See you after the break.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
right, folks, welcome back. Second half of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. And you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. It is now 38 minutes past the 2 o'clock hour. Again, my live show for Thursday, the second day of June 2016. A couple more administrative things. You're listening right here, guys, on the American Voice Radio Network. Uh, Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Let me type something here. One second. Yeah. Okay, sorry. And, yeah, listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. You can go to the American Voice Radio or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. As you guys all should know by now, that's the website uh, for this network. Check out my website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. Check out my blog. Got some things on there. I've been having some fun with my blog. I've been, you know, kind of telling you guys about that. And uh, I'm adding new, I've added a, a bunch of new categories. Uh, I misspelled one. You guys are maybe good if you see that. And I'm going to have to go in there and, and figure that out and, and, and get it spelled correctly. Had fat fingers or something. But anyway, I got some, some different, uh, I got some different categories on there. And uh, one of the categories and I explain it in the pulses that I'm hoping that that will help propel, you know, my blog to be somewhat of a more of an interactive experience. So uh, just check it out, guys. I'm just having some fun with it. Oh, and by the way, uh, that Oregon ranch BLM standoff, uh, I have to issue a correction here. What did not happen in Southern Oregon. Uh, it happened in Eastern Oregon. And someone uh, kindly pointed that out to me. So, and I promised I would make that correction. So let's just be clear that happened in Eastern Oregon and not Southern Oregon. So let's just uh, move on. Now with the remaining time, I want to talk about this article and about this sheriff. And this is from NPR and the headline is Utah sheriffs. Now it's not more than one, but there's one in particular in here that they're going to focus on threatening to arrest Rangers if they choose or if they close public lands. And again, those aren't army Rangers. Even with Cliven Bundy and many of his militia supporters in jail, anger toward the federal government is still running high in some parts of the West. Clash, clashes between ranchers and federal land managers over grazing rights are continuing. In southern Utah, things have gotten so bad lately that some local sheriffs have threatened to arrest federal rangers who try to close forest roads and cut off access to ranchers and other users. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether Garfield County Sheriff James Danny Perkins is serious for pulling your leg. That's what NPR saying. Now, you're in a police vehicle. You understand that, right? He asked while gesturing towards the center console of his pickup truck. There is a gun in here. If you happen to ever need a gun, I don't think you will. I don't know why he said that. Garfield County is roughly the size of Connecticut, and it's up to Perkins and a half a dozen deputies to patrol all of it. The country's big and it's vast, Perkins says. I mean, it's like this for miles and miles and miles. Of course, and those of us that live out here in the West, uh, that's true. We, we, you know that. Now, here's something. Here's something, guys. This, this is unbelievable. Federal land makes up 94% of this county, of that county. It's in this article, it says this county. And let me just get the county right, Garfield County. So Garfield County, Utah, uh, is 94% federal land. I mean, really? It, does anybody see a problem with that? Okay. So you'd think that Perkins would welcome the help of federal authorities. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, hey, man, why not? Right? I mean, why not? 
you know, hey, let's just go steal some of Utah's land. It doesn't belong to us. And then, you know, they should be thankful for that. I mean, geez, come on. I mean, geez, what, what a wacky sheriff this is here. Think again. In the sagebrush hills outside the one stoplight town, he pulls off the road or off the highway and points to a dirt track. This is a conflict, and you're going to see just a little bit of it. Here's a road right here that was put here with teams and wagons, Perkins says. We're talking pioneer wagons here. Boulders lie in front of it, and a bulldozer chewed it up so pickups or ATVs can't drive up it anymore. Federal Rangers did this recently, he says. Locals have had access here for generations. There is an agenda, and don't kid yourself, there is an agenda to get rid of the grazing. There is an agenda to shut down our roads, Perkins says. Tensions over federal land, who gets to do what on it, and who is in charge of it, are as high as they've been out here since at least the 1990s. Perkins and many others in his position will give you an earful about how they believe federal agencies have been taking over, have been taken over by environmental extremists. And, you know, that may be true, uh, but they're just federalists. I mean, they're just they're just the, the federal they're just federalists. I mean, yeah, maybe they're, you know, extreme environmentalists, too. But let's just be clear who they are. But there is more uh, there is more than just a turf battle. Perkins, too, has an agenda. He proudly refers to himself as a constitutional sheriff. And okay, and that's cool, because I raised my right arm to the square and I swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, he goes on to say. A few miles away in his office, he swivels back in his chair and starts digging through a file cabinet. He opens copies of papers and the Constitution on hand, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and nowhere in there, he says, does it say anything about the Bureau of Land Management or Forest Service law enforcement officers, let alone whether they have the authority to pull over people for driving off-road or arrest people for illegal campfires, he says. As sheriff, he answers to the state of Utah. Well, uh, God bless the man, right? The power is delegated by the Constitution, or proposed de- delegated by the proposed Constitution to the federal government are few and defined, he says. Uh, and what's he say? He goes on to say, I can even, I can even understand that, he says. And then, you know what? I can too, and I'm just a truck driver. I want to get on to what he's saying here about, uh, I have another thing, there's a cause one case. Arrest him. Here it is. It's it's clear that Sheriff Perkins, who's also a rancher, wants to push some boundaries. Now, I don't know why NPR is saying that. I don't, and he's not pushing any boundaries. He's enforcing the law. That's not pushing boundaries. You know, being the sheriff of your of a of your county, okay, and enforcing the the law is not pushing boundaries. But see, that's their narrative. Oh, how dare that sheriff! Uh, talk that way to the federal rangers and the federal government. How dare him? That's pushing boundaries. Uh, this is how this is how obscene these people are. Let's see. Where does it go here? Okay, here it is. Uh, it's okay. Constitutionalist BLM. Okay, it's clear by the rancher. Okay. Here it goes. I told a, here it goes. I told the Forest Service Ranger that if he went out and closed the road that Garfield County has jurisdiction on, I would arrest him. And then there was a time that his deputies did arrest the BLM Ranger. They said was illegally issuing citations to campers. Wasn't me that pulled the trigger on that deal. Do I think he needed to come to jail? I do. The guy's a fruitcake. <laughs> the guy's a fruitcake. For federal land managers, this was the latest instance of threats and intimidation directed at their field staff in the West. There's been an increase in reported confrontations lately. Well, the, the only reason there are confrontations, okay, and I'll stop reading from the article. Look, the only reason that there are confrontations, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
the federal government, okay, they are the ones that initiate contact with the American people. They are the ones. And, and law enforcement in general, lately, I mean, like in the last 25, 30, 40, 50 years, I guess, uh, they are the ones that push the boundaries. They are the ones that incite confrontation. It's not just the average people. Average people out there, you know, average people are law-abiding people, right? You know, walking in the park, doing whatever. Hey, man, I'm just out here. I'm just, you know, minding my own business. It's the federal government and it is law enforcement, and in this case, specifically federal law enforcement, that are pushing boundaries and initiating contact with people they have no business uh, coming in contact with. It's apparent. It's not just apparent, but they're not supposed to be there. And, and see, that's the problem. They're there illegally. And so, of course, there's going to be a confrontation, but they initiated it. And look, the day's coming, you know, because like I said, they're the ones that initiate contact with law-abiding people. And when law-abiding people have had like enough of it, they're going to, they're going to just do what's natural and they're going to strike back. Okay. And I'll, I'll reference Christopher Dorner as a classic example. You know, there was a guy that just got pushed too far. He got pushed too far, and he said, you know what? I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands here, and he did. And well, now he paid the price for it because they, 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 hey, he basically gave them no quarter, and they did likewise in return because they, I don't know if you can call it murder. I'll call it murder, you know, because that's not what they're supposed to do. They trapped him in a cabin up in Big Bear Lake or something, uh, California, and they just firebombed the place. You know, they didn't even try and get him out of there. They just firebombed it. His body was, like, unrecognizable and unidentifiable almost, uh, according to the reports, because he had been burned so badly to a crisp, you know. And that's what they do. And so with the federal whatever, the Bureau of Land Management, you know, uh, unjustly, illegally, you know, <laughs> being in, in – in, well, being anywhere, but we're talking about Southern Oregon here – they're the, they are the ones. And so when one of those uh, U.S. forest rangers gets arrested or, and I'll say, God forbid, I don't want anybody to get killed, but when one of them gets killed in a shootout, it's only going to be their fault. Kind of like when William Deegan, you guys all remember William Deegan? He was the U.S. Marshal that was involved with the Ruby Ridge uh, fiasco that the federal government initiated, that the ATF initiated. They went and picked a fight with somebody and they got what they got. Well, William Deegan was uh, killed in a shootout. And that, you know what, uh, uh, that's, I actually have the date, like on my calendar, saved every year. Uh, I, I celebrate that day every year. Every year I, I celebrate that day. I did. And I've actually called the U.S. Uh, Marshal's uh, office because he was out of, you know, one thing. Now, here's a U.S. A US Marshal. Okay, that's one thing. He shouldn't have been there at Ruby Ridge in the first place. But, but secondly, he wasn't even from that area. He was from Massachusetts. So what is a U.S. Marshal from Massachusetts doing in Ruby Ridge, Idaho? And now I know this happened a long time ago, but it's germane to what we're talking about. And that is, is that the federal government and these federal law enforcement punks initiate contact with the American people. They are the ones that push ba uh, boundaries. They are the ones that are ignorant to people. 
They think they can just do anything they want. I'm the federal government. I'm sanctioned by them, and, and you can't tell me what to do. These are our lands. Bull. Wrong. And you're going to get a fight. You're going to get a fight. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants... Certainly the American people don't want that. We just want to be left alone. We just want to be left alone... You know, we want to go ride our ATVs where we've ridden them, you know, for generations or, or go horseback riding or something like that. I don't need some federal, uh, you know, Bureau of Land Management punk, you know, trying to issue me a citation or, or uh, shoo me away or, or, you know, tell me I can't have a campfire or something. Like, get the hell away from me. Now, they say in this article, they justify it by saying, and let me see if I can find it, because it, this is just a, here it is. This is a national system of public land, so we manage these lands for all Americans. And this is coming from, uh, what's the guy's name? His last name is Ellis. I'm trying to find his first name. Steve. Steve Ellis downplays the tension, saying they're actually not that common. The key thing is working cooperatively with local law enforcement with these sheriffs. That's our desire. No, it's not. No, it's not there, Steve Ellis. No, it's not. You're not trying to work. Who thinks that? Who, who really thinks that they're trying to cooperate with local law enforcement? I guarantee you that they are, that they are highly uh, uh, ignorant to these sheriffs. I, I guarantee you that, that they won't take phone calls from them, or they have to schedule appointments, and then they, they, they stand them up and, and all that. I guarantee you that, that they're not cooperating with those sheriffs, or with any sheriff for that matter. I guarantee you that. And then he wants to come out with some tripe by saying this is a national system of public land. So we manage these lands for all Americans, he says. Well, tough. Nobody asked you to, number one. You're here illegally, number two. Oh, okay. Nobody wants you there. <laughs> you know, but you're staying. And then you're going to get what you're going to get. Because it's going to happen again. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's bound to happen again. I'll read just a little bit more. Still, the BLM is worried, especially after the armed standoffs in Nevada and Oregon. And there are sheriffs in the West who sympathize with the now-jailed Cliven Bundy and his militia followers. They have to, and I get it, that they're going to say that. I get it. And they're going to say that. I don't, I don't like that kind of uh, terminology or that kind of distinction. But, you know, they're, they're gonna, we, we just have to understand that they're going to say that. A lot of the principles these constitutional sheriffs espouse are some of the same things you hear from the Bundys. Sheriff Perkins told me he was invited and in some instances pressured by local ranchers to join the Bundys, but he would have none of it. And that's his prerogative. And here it goes. This is a quote for him. I said at the time, and I stand by it, that that is nothing but, well, and see, well, I got to be fair. And this is coming from the sheriff now. He say, and this is a quote from him. I said it at the time, and I'll stand by it. That is nothing but domestic terrorism. He shouldn't say things like that. He, go, he went on to say, yes, there's been a story. A lot of these guys have been bullied around by the BLM. But you don't handle it that way. Now, okay, that you know that's more of a moderated tone, and I guess I could, you know, I've established my position on how I felt about what was going on down there. I, I completely disagree with him referring to that as domestic terrorism. That is a federal speak, and he should be careful uh, t talking in those kind of terms. But he is, after all, a law enforcement. Okay, uh, so he, you know, he might be, you know, on one hand, you know. He's talking about he's a constitutional good dude or whatever. But when he says something like that, then that's what you call talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? So uh, that's, that, that, that kind of troubles me. And that should trouble the people down there, you know, in, in, in southern Utah. This is where this is happening in, what was it, the county 
again, I just want to make things clear here. Uh, was it Garfield County, was it? Yes, Garfield County. So the sheriff of Garfield County referred, and it specifically referred to the people that, you know, that Clive and Bundy, and it was a fiasco as domestic terrorism. I, I disagree with that. And I, I'm guessing you guys would as well. Let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. I'll just read the last paragraph. So despite all his tough talk, Perkins is still being careful, still working within the system. He and other sheriffs have been going to Washington, D.C. a lot lately, lobbying. And in the past few weeks, he says, after Utah Republicans introduce a bill to strip law enforcement powers from the BLM, relations out here are getting better. Well, that's good. I mean, it's because, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, people just want peace, you know, really. It, everybody just wants to, to, to live peacefully, okay? But the only way we're going to be able to live peacefully, federal government, now I'm speaking to you directly and everyone within the federal government, and secondly, all you law enforcement people out there, stop pushing people. Stop pushing people around. Stop looking for a fight, man. What's, what's going on here? You, know, you got a screw loose or something like that? I mean, what's going on here? You know, regular people don't go out every day looking for a fight like you guys do. You guys go out looking for a fight. And, you know, maybe it's the fact that, you know, you got these, uh, uh, these fancy armored vehicles and you have uh, militarized uh, weaponry. You don't even wear regular cop uniforms anymore. I mean, you look like paramilitary people. And, you know, when you, you, know, when you don that type of gear, okay, uh, maybe it tends to give you some kind of a, you know, uh, like a power trip or something like that. You know, so, you know, my suggestion to, to the sheriffs out there and to the cops out there is that, you know, you, kinda, you guys need to kind of go back to the way it used to be and put on a regular uniform, get out of the armored personnel carriers, Stop driving around in, 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 in freaking armor-plated Jeeps and, and Suburbans, okay? Uh, this isn't, uh, isn't uh, Hoochie here, guys. Okay, this is America. We, we, we're supposed to do things different here, okay? We do have structure here. We, we do have rule. Well, we're supposed to, anyway, have, like, rule of law and all that, right? Everybody knows what's supposed to happen. Everybody, because we talk about it. You know, I brought that up last week. You know, we're... we're we're, we're intelligent people uh, in this country, for the most part. And there's a lot of people out there that are very knowledgeable about the Constitution and, and about, you know, the rule of law and all that. And they can recite for you chapter and verse the Constitution and this and that and, and this statute and that statute. So we all know what we're supposed to do. Yet, and nobody seems to really obviously want to do anything about it. The BLM's not supposed to be there. Everybody knows that. It's been well established that what they're doing is illegal. It's against the Constitution. But no, but, but they're there anyway, okay? But they're there anyway. And I, you know, on, on the other hand, you know, like I said, God bless the man. You know, at least he is there, and he is, and, and you know, the, the whole domestic terrorist thing is the thing that's holding me back from kind of, uh, you know, supporting this guy, you know, too much, because that's kind of troubling when he, when, he, when he says something like that. So anyway, I see we're getting close to the end of the show. I just wanted to share that with you this afternoon. I was going to share it yesterday, but ran out of time. Just like I'm running out of time today, guys. So uh, as you all know, this is the uh, last broadcast of the week for me. Back to work uh, for me tomorrow. As I always say, Friday is uh, my Monday. And yeah, things are busy at work. I talked about that. We picked up a lot of business. And so uh, once I go back to work, I'm pretty much, that's it for me. Uh, 
and I don't even get on the computer uh, on my work days because I, I work, you know, the maximum amount of hours. They just, you know, they pile them on. So, and, you know, it's a double-edged sword for me. I shouldn't complain too much because it's good money and, and, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, not really a bad job and, and and the work's easy it's easy work it's not uh you know strenuous or anything like that so yeah anyway okay guys i was looking at the chat room there hey a good way to contact me is visit my website gentlemen go to conditioncriticalshow.com and you've got my email address there and you can contact me you can also call me or text text message me at 253-973-2995 that's my cell phone number I hear the music. God bless each and every one of you, and really, thanks for listening, guys. Two things. Two things. Be all that you can be. (laughs) Become a domestic terrorist. Okay? And remember this, guys. Freedom comes from the sword. See you next week. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the3ws.thepowerherbs.com. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of 40 99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. 
American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right. Welcome to New World Order Info. I'm your host, Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And I'm not able to hear the FM, so I'm just guessing that it's time to talk. So um, the FM's, we're having some technical problems with it right now. So I'd appreciate it. Okay. I don't know how much you've heard me, but I'll just start all over. So I can't hear the FM. We're having technical problems. So it is my live show. This is New World Order Info, and it is... Monday, June 8th, 2015, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Hopefully, Frank can get the FM working. I know he was trying to before the show, but so far, I can't hear it, so I guess it's not yet. So pray that Frank can get the FM working. Please, that will help me, because then I can hear the music, the ads, and everything else. So, anyway, we'll make it even if it doesn't, but... It would be great for it to to work. So um, let's see here. I'm gonna share some info with you tonight about vitamin C, and so it's a wonderful thing, and it's it's probably my very favorite thing. Although I love so many things you hear me talk about, and you know it just works. It works for so many things, and so always check with your doctor, your licensed medical practitioner, etc., and your veterinarian, etc., when it comes to using vitamin C. If it's for animals, of course, for you know, check with your veterinarian, and it's it's for you or your loved ones or whatever. Um, Check with your licensed medical practitioner or practitioners and do the research because they're probably going to say, you know, you can only take what the RDA says or something like that. Um, and they're probably going to not be familiar with or not going to give you any information whatsoever about it or they may, you know, say something bad about it or something like that. So, you know, it's good to do the research on your own and find out about it. And so, you know, you can read some good books. You can uh, go to different websites. Um, a good one to learn about vitamin C is, for instance, um, DrYourself.com has good information on vitamin C. And you can always search that website for vitamin C information. So that would be a good one I would recommend. Um, and then, of course, you can look for information such as um, information uh, that Linus Pauling has shared and, uh, you know, videos of him talking and books that he's written. That's going to be good information about vitamin C. Dr. Linus Pauling, two-time Nobel Prize winner, and he was a very famous chemist and vitamin C proponent, as you know, you've heard me talk about him probably. Um, and then Frederick R. Klinner, MD, is another good name, you know, anything he's written. And so I'm going to share with you some things that he wrote tonight, and that's Frederick R. Klinner, MD. 
Okay, and he was a big proponent of vitamin C, so, you know, he used it on all of his patients, and he healed his, his child that had the measles with vitamin C, and, you know, learned a lot about how much to give and how often when it came to his own ch child, and to help others. You know, because his child had the measles, and so he, I believe it was a little girl, he gave her vitamin C, and by by giving it to her, you know, he, he kind of figured out by her symptoms, you know, what the proper amount to give and how often would be, and when he stopped giving it to her or didn't give it to her often enough, the symptoms came back, and she was highly afflicted with the measles, and... You know, when he gave it to her often enough and enough of it, the symptoms went away. So he did that for like a 30-day period, and he learned a lot that way. So anyway, this is some information written by Frederick R. Klinner. And because of the unusually high amounts of ascorbic acid, which was the form of vitamin C Dr. Klinner used, um, he was asked to verify amounts that he mentioned, and this is his answer. So he said, this will confirm that all quantity factors given in my paper are correct and can be confirmed from hospital and medical office records. The notation relative to 150 grams represents the amount used for reversing pathology in a given case and was the amount given over a period of 24 hours. The IV, meaning intravenous, you know, device was continuous. This was given in three bottles of 5D water, decanting only enough from 1,000 cc to be replaced by the C ampules. Recently, the FDA has published a warning that too much soda ascorbate might be harmful, referring to the sodium ion, okay? They always try to scare everybody about using baking soda, saying that it's too much sodium. And again, if you have any kind of sodium issues, you know, or always check with your doctor no matter what. But here's what he says in regards to the whole baking soda being too high in sodium and being careful not to use too much and everything. He says, recently the FDA has published a warning that too much soda ascorbate might be harmful, referring to the sodium ion. In reply to this, I can state that for many years I have taken 10 to 20 grams of sodium ascorbate by mouth daily, and my blood sodium remains normal. Okay, sodium ascorbate is formed by mixing ascorbic acid with baking soda or sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda, and water, and normally distilled water. So, you know, that turns it into sodium ascorbate, and that is what he used by mouth daily, and and it's just drinkable. So it's uh, the crystalline vitamin C, pharmaceutical grade, you know, no GMOs, etc., and that is basically the kind, you know, if if you're interested in that, that's well that's the kind Frank and I use. So and many, many vitamin C proponents use. So 
And so that's what he did. He took 10 to 20 grams of sodium ascorbate by mouth daily, and his blood sodium remained normal. So these levels, he said, are checked by an approved laboratory. 20 grams each day, and my urine remains at or just above pH 6. So he took anywhere from 10 to 20 grams a day, he says at first, and then he says 20 grams a day. Um, and he has it checked, had it checked by a lab. So his blood sodium levels remained normal. So, you know, that's something that you might, if you want to do it and then get it checked by a lab, you know, it's something you could look into as well. So, and that was signed by Frederick R. Klinner, MD. Okay, so now we're moving on to what he had to say about vitamin C, okay? So here's some ancient history and homespun vitamin C therapies. Folklore of past civilizations report that for every disease afflicting man, there is an equivalent that will effect a cure. In Puerto Rico, the story has long been told that to have the health tree, acerola, and that's cherries, I believe, in one's backyard would keep colds out of the front door. And that means they're high in vitamin C. So to have the health tree acerola, A-C-E-R-O-L-A, in one's backyard would keep colds out of the front door. So that's a long, you know, old story from that I guess they say in Puerto Rico. The ascorbic acid content of this cherry-like fruit, so it's like cherries, is 30 times that found in oranges. In Pennsylvania, USA, it was, and for many still is, bone set. B-O-N-E-S-E-T, one word, bone set. Scientifically called Eupatorium perfiliatum. Although it is now rarely, rarely prescribed by physicians, bone set was the most commonly used medicinal plant of eastern United States. Most farmsteads had a bundle of dried bone set in the attic or woodshed from which a most bitter tea would be meted out to the unfortunate victim of a cold or fever. Having lived in that section of the country, we qualified many times for this particular drink. Okay, so apparently that was in Pennsylvania in the United States of America. So he says the flu of 1918, that's the Spanish flu that killed so many worldwide. The flu of 1918 stands out very forcefully in that the Clinners, which is his surname, Frederick R. Clinner, the Clinners survived when scores about us were dying. Although bitter, it was curative, and most of the time the cure was overnight. Several years ago, my curiosity led me to assay this herbal medicine, and to my surprise and delight, I found that we had been taking from 10 to 30 grams of natural vitamin C at one time. Even then, it was given by body weight. Children, one cup full. Adults, two to three cupfuls. Cups those days held eight ounces. 20th century man seemingly forgets that his ancestors made crude drugs from various plants and roots. 
and that these decoctions, infusions, juices, powders, pills, and ointments served his purpose. Elegant pharmacy has only made the forms and shapes more acceptable. So, that is, uh, you know, Clinter, they're talking about how they used what the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father put here on the planet for us to use way back in the day. And they used it when so many people around the world died of that Spanish flu, you know, that killed hundreds of millions of people worldwide. Another thing that saved people from that Spanish flu was baking soda. So that's something great. You know, both those things are great, as well as many more to have in your, you know, your supplies and survival and preparedness supplies and medicinal supplies and to use, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis as well. Okay, so early specifications, action, and dosages for administrations we're moving on to now. To understand the chemical behavior of ascorbic acid in human pathology, one must go beyond its present academic status, either as a factor essential for life or as a substance necessary to prevent scurvy. So you have to go beyond that. Uh, this knowledge is elementary. Listen to what appeared in Food and Life Yearbook, 1939, U.S. Department of Agriculture. Quote, in fact, okay, this is 1939, way back in the day when they told a lot more truth than they do now, all right? They're not going to tell you this nowadays. Quote, in fact, even when there is not a single outward symptom of trouble, a person may be in a state of vitamin C deficiency more dangerous than scurvy itself. When such a condition is not detected and continues uncorrected, the teeth and bones will be damaged. And what may be even more serious, the bloodstream is weakened to the point where it can no longer resist or fight infections not so easily cured as scurvy. Okay, so scurvy is a severe deficiency of vitamin C. And in 1939, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, uh, this is what appeared in Food and Life Yearbook, 1939. I'll say it again, the quote, quote, in fact, even when there is not a single outward symptom of trouble, okay, no symptoms at all, a person may be in a state of vitamin C deficiency more dangerous than scurvy itself. When such a condition is not detected, and continues uncorrected, the teeth and bones will be damaged. And what may be even more serious, the bloodstream is weakened to the point where it can no longer resist or fight infections, not so easily cured as scurvy. It is true that without these infinitesimal amounts, teeny tiny amounts, myriads of body processes, which means lots and lots of body processes, would deteriorate and even come to a fatal halt. And from what I've researched, I believe, and a lot of people believe that sudden infant death syndrome, which is now, I think, just called sudden infant death or SID for short, that's when babies just die in their cribs usually, it's from a lack of vitamin C. So they probably have scurvy, you know, obviously. 
And that's what kills them. And it happens quite often. Okay, so back to what Dr. Frederick R. Klinner said. Ascorbic acid has many important functions. It is a powerful oxidizer, and when given in massive amounts, that is 50 grams to 100 grams intravenously, and remember, when one gets it intravenously, vitamin C in any form, which is usually going to be sodium ascorbate, then, you know, only a fifth of what is given to a person is what the body can use. So if a person is given 50 grams, a fifth of that or 10 grams will be what the body is able to use, which, you know, the bioavailability is only 10 grams out of those 50 grams, okay? So if they're given 150 grams, they're going to get a fifth of that, which would be like 30 grams that the body can use, okay? So 10 grams to 30 grams would be what the body could use if the range correctly. At times, it is necessary to use ascorbic acid intramuscularly, and that's with a needle injected into the muscle, you know, in a syringe. So that would be something good to learn to how to do. Um, it should always be used orally when possible along with the needle. Okay, and we're not going to be able to give ourselves IVs unless, you know, you're a trained doctor. Okay, it's time for to take a break, so we'll be right back.
You are unmuted. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Okay, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. And it is my live show, June 8, 2015. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. The FM's still not working, so I'm just having Frank tell me when to talk and when to stop talking. So you can come join us in the chat room by going to either of our websites and just quickly registering if you have not already, picking a username and password, putting in your email to register and all that, and then, you know, just click on the chat link and you'll be in the chat room. So it's uh, usually a fun time in there. It's kind of quiet right now, but there are some people in there lurking and Frank's there. Uh, at least right right now he is. So you can uh, go in there at any time. You never know who or who may be in there, uh, what time of day or night. So a lot of times people are lurking and don't think they're being rude. If they don't say anything, they may just be away from their computer and their nickname may just be in there. And maybe they're surfing on the web or something. So... If you just stay there, usually when somebody does check the chat room or quit surfing or come back to their computer or their keyboard, etc., you know, they'll say hi, usually. So people in there are pretty friendly. So don't be scared to come into our chat room. And we've also got a lot of great things available you can find in our superstore on AmericanVoiceRadio.com or TheAmericanVoice.com, like our organic sulfur and lots of other good stuff there. So for your health and so on, check that out and help us by supporting AVR and help yourself at the same time and your loved ones. And, um, you know, we've got those bumper stickers still available. So you can always order those, uh, five, a minimum of five for $5, and that's free shipping. Or you get a free one with everything that AVR sells that you order. We'll send you a free bumper sticker. So that's a good way to get the word out about AVR. And thank you for those who do things to support us and, you know, donate to us, tell others about us, pray for us. Thanks to the micro-broadcasters out there, and thanks to all the listeners around the world who listen to AVR. And do whatever you can to support us in many different ways. So we appreciate you for doing that. Okay, getting back to the information about vitamin C from the doctor, the medical doctor, Frederick R. Klenner. And he's pretty legendary in the vitamin C proponent world. And... um so this is these are some things he wrote about vitamin C and the dose and administration of ascorbic acid and basically he used sodium ascorbate but he took it orally himself anywhere from 10 to 20 grams a day per you know by mouth and so 10 to 20 grams you know that's the level Linus Pauling took and Linus Pauling took 18 grams a day. So um, I guess it ranged from 10 to 20 grams, but he mentioned 20 grams twice. So I'm guessing Frederick R. Klinner, Dr. Klinner, probably took around 20 grams a day. But um, 
So that is orally, the crystalline kind of vitamin C. It's usually referred to as crystalline powder, but it's not a real fine powder like um, baking soda would be, for instance. It's more, it looks more like, I guess you could call it, I don't know, sugar or something, those kind of crystalline granules. And um, so that is what you know, we're talking about when we say the type we take orally, and that's what kind, um, you know, both Linus Pauling and Dr. Frederick R. Klinner took orally, and Dr. Klinner mixed his with water and baking soda, ascorbic acid with water and baking soda, and it's, you know, I would be getting and looking for a uh, pharmaceutical grade, no, no GMOs, etc. type of ascorbic acid, acid, the crystalline type. And so that's what he used. And Linus Pauling, two-time Nobel Prize winner, chemist, vitamin C proponent, author, etc. Um, you know, brilliant scientist and all that. Although he was deceived in the uh, you know, he was an atheist, so that that part he was deceived about, but he did know a lot about vitamin C and many other things. But um, he took his vitamin C in the same manner. He either mixed it with baking soda in water and drank it and mixed up, and he, he called it, I forget exactly what, but something like his bubbly effervescent concoction or something like that. And other times, Linus Pauling would... Um, Mix the the crystalline ascorbic acid or vitamin C into orange juice and stir it up, you know, and drink it. So that's how he took his, but it was the ascorbic acid form. Nowadays we have other choices too. You know, there's the liposomal type of vitamin C. There's the lipospheric type of vitamin C. Those are, you know. Uh, other ways to take it. And then there's the intravenous kind that they also had back then, you know, when this, this was written, for instance, and when Linus Pauling wrote books, you know, many years ago about vitamin C. So these are all different ways, you know, but most of the time, you know, people in their own homes, they're going to take you know, the cheapest kind would be the ascorbic acid type of vitamin C. And that's the kind that can be mixed into water with baking soda or taken, you know, without the baking soda. But most of the time, you know, from everything that I've read, it's good to mix it with the baking soda, turn it into sodium ascorbate. And especially if one is taking, you know, a higher dosage, you know, like 10 to 20 grams a day, et cetera. And that just makes it less acidic and more alkaline. And baking soda is good for us anyway. But like I say, always check with your doctor. And if it has to do with animals and them taking vitamin C or whatever, always check with your veterinarian and always do the research about it and everything. Okay, so now I'm going to get back into what Dr. Klinner was talking about when it comes to vitamin C. All right, scurvy, historically the target, today's goal of high blood levels to cope with self-induced abuses and physiological traumas. 
If one is to employ ascorbic acid intelligently, some index for requirements must be realized. Unfortunately, there exists today a sort of brand called minimum daily requirements or, you know, the RDA that you hear about so often, recommended daily allowance and all that. This illegitimate child has been co-fathered by the National Academy of Science and the National Research Council and represents a tragic error in judgment. There are many factors which increase the demand by the body for ascorbic acid, and unless these are appreciated and known about, you know, appreciated meaning accepted and acknowledged, etc., at least by physicians, there can be no real progress. It is vitally important that cognizance be taken of the demand by the body for ascorbic acid far beyond so-called scorbutic levels. And that's that, you know, to keep scurvy at bay, in other words. Okay, or to prevent scurvy. Briefly, these demands can be summarized. So in other words, vitamin C is not just to prevent scurvy. It's for, it's for so many things to do with our health, you know, and, and our immune system and healing us and keeping us healthy and keeping us from getting sick in the first place and helping us when we're injured, all of these things. And the same goes for animals, even though most animals, with the exception of a few, do make some vitamin C, and it varies depending on the animal. However, in people, we do not make any vitamin C. We have a, a mutated gene that prevents us from being able to do so. So the only vitamin C that we get is what we get in our, you know, whatever we eat or whatever beverages we drink that may contain vitamin C or in whatever supplements we take, etc. you know, or natural vitamin C in many different forms. So, you know, that would be also... You know, you can get those in supplement form, too. So, here are the demands, briefly, that can be summarized about all the things that we need vitamin C for. And, well, actually, this is going to be what, what causes, you know, depletion of vitamin C and what affects, uh, you know, the vitamin C that we do get or we do take. Okay, so it all depends on many things and different levels for, you know, depending on these things. Number one, the age of the individual. Number two, habits such as smoking. Smoking depletes vitamin C. The use of alcohol, that also depletes vitamin C, our levels of vitamin C. Playing habits. Uh, number three, sleep, especially when induced artificially. And the only thing I could figure is they're talking about anesthesia there. I would, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're talking about um, taking sleeping pills and things like that. Um, trauma, number four, trauma caused by a pathogen, the trauma of work, the trauma of surgery the trauma to the body produced accidentally or intentionally. So, you know,
you know, trauma to the body that affects how much vitamin C we need. And when we're subjected to trauma in many different ways, whether it's by an accident we have, whether it could be, you know, something we intentionally do to ourselves that's bad. I mean, some people do bad things to themselves, um, like cutting themselves or, you know, I mean, I've I've seen and read about that. There's people out there that actually cut themselves with razor blades. So that would be definite trauma to the body. Um, you know, and there's people that do other things, too, that cause trauma to the body. Um, or surgery, that's another form of trauma to the body, you know. Work and exercise and, you know, manual labor, those are forms of trauma to the body, you know, that can cause you to have muscle aches and pains and soreness and... You know, could you could injure yourself that way. A pathogen could cause trauma to the body, bacterial infection, viral infection, uh, many other things, um, prions and all kind of things. Um, and like E. coli, food poisoning, all those things, you know. Um, then number five is kidney threshold. Number six is the environment, you know, and stress. How many of us are under stress these days? Pretty much all of us. I don't know anybody that's not under stress. That's just the world we live in. And uh, I guess the environment also could be radiation poisoning from Fukushima, from Wi-Fi radiation, from electromagnetic radiation, from electricity, from dirty electricity, from cell phones and wireless devices, you know, from washing machines and dryers, which are a lot, you know, cause us to be subjected to a lot of electromagnetic radiation. So it's not a good idea when those are running to be near those, to stand in front of those. The microwave, the same thing. That's something bad. That's radiation. That's, you know, radiating your food. And it's not good to use a microwave and definitely not good to stand in front of a microwave when it's being used and to look inside the, the window, etc. when that's on. So these are just some of the forms, you know, of the environmental things that cause us to need more vitamin C. Um just all kinds of waves in the air and x-rays and so many different things in our environment that's bad for us. Um, so those are just some of the examples. And there's the chemtrails, you know, there's the poisons we're subjected to, there's the Roundup, you know, there's the GMOs and, oh, I could go on and on and on, the acid rain, um, mercury and our foods and beverages and so many bad things out there. All this junk and the the foods we eat and the processed foods and we're not getting enough nutrition and, you know, we're not getting enough vitamin C for sure. So many things deplete vitamin C, including heat, alcohol use. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.